I'm trying to elevate small talk to medium talk. Hi, I'm Alexander Chester, and I've seen every cock on the planet. I'm Av Sinensky, and I can't know how to hear any more about tables. I'm Mike Bloom, and I weigh at least 60 LB, so I can play with Tammy Craps. I'm Josh Wiggler, and we can say whatever the hell we want. Welcome back to Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, formerly a Curb Your Enthusiasm podcast, and this month, a I Think You Should Leave podcast. Uh, last week, we had Rabbi David Beshevkin and Eitan Benarsh with us as we did a bracket of all of the sketches from season one of I Think You Should Leave to determine the winner. And this week, we have a- another Dynamite cast with us here on the podcast to do the same. Uh, slightly less rabbinical, I would say, although <laughs> equally Jewish. Uh, we did have a, a Gentile who was supposed to join us. And that guy absolutely fucked us. But you know what? He's kind of like nothing. So it's fine. Okay, it's fine. Never, listen, there was too Don't much fucking shit all. on him. He, he wasn't breathe. even yeah. supposed to be in the area of the podcast. So it's fine. But yeah, he, just so, kept, but, he just kept eating batteries. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. But we do have uh, both Mike and Josh with us. And uh, we're recording, I think, as uh, Survivor is airing live. So thank you so much uh, for your sacrifices. We're so happy. <laughs> Doesn't matter to me. <laughs> No, Josh, pretend. <laughs> I think I should leave is what I said once upon a time. No, and, 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 and we love the show so much that, you know, I'm going to hand you a paper that says, look up at my face. And I said, you got to give. When you're given the opportunity, you got to give and That's take right. some time out of another passion project to talk about a show that Josh and I have spoken about so much in fits and starts on the various podcasts we do, but never in an actual sit down fashion. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think You Should Leave has permeated so much of the language of uh, a lot of TV viewers, certainly in my household. My wife is a huge fan of it as well. Uh, We trade uh, quotes back and forth. I feel like we talk in Tim Robinson now. Uh, It has infiltrated much of my podcasting. Uh, So to actually get to talk about it, I don't know. Uh, how do you podcast about this show? I guess we're about to find out. You guys mm-hmm. have some experience in this already. Is it easy to podcast about this stuff? You just go like, hey, it's funny. Yeah. So I think the I think the yeah, it's funny was the is the challenge, right? Yeah. Um, and I think what we found, and I think it worked for me, is that the bracket format just allowed you to do like little quick bits on each yeah. one rather than like being forced to break them down at length, which yeah, it just there's very diminishing returns on just saying, hey, remember when Tim Robinson like yelled funny? Yeah, that being said, I would love to do like the full on post show recap of Crash more. Like I would love to I would love to see the full film. Uh even in a couple of episodes of Coffin Flops I'd recap. Yeah, oh, I don't know where you... we are. We are past the end of 2022. So I have no idea if indeed Spectrum kept Corn Cobb TV <laughs> on if the, mm-hmm. the petitions were heard. Yeah, yeah I mean, listen, I've been reading what they're saying out there. They've been they've been saying pretty, pretty, pretty good. It's not a real show. It's yeah. just, you know, hours and hours of endless, you know, these two idiots. They talk about Hitler. They tell stories about their kids. They talk about Seinfeld, even when it's, you know, it's supposed to be. You've been about waiting for show. a hit for a while. You we have it. We have this. it. Yeah. yeah. And I didn't, not, I didn't rig shit. It just happened. I was going to say, I'm sad to miss out on Survivor where Jeff Probst the tonight may actually say, I didn't rig shit as he's talking to the camera. <laughs> uh, I do uh, miss the uh, the moment. I did miss the moment 
moment when Jeff said I used to be a piece of shit uh, this season of Survivor, but I heard about it. Heard uh, about yeah, it. that actually got into that. Well, you, you, you podcasted during his Dangerous Nights era where he had the slicked back hair, not pushed back. Sure, sure. Yeah, used to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, before we dive into season two, I think, you know, given, you know, what you just both spoke about your you know history with the show and love for the show, um, it would be fun to just like quickly catch up on your overall thoughts on season one highlight sketches, most, you know, memorable lines, um, just to give us a little context of like the types of sketches you like and didn't like as we come into season two. Mike? Yeah. So, I mean, my history with the show was actually I was fairly boots on the ground with this one because I remember when the Netflix series, The Characters came mm. out in maybe 2016, 2018, and Tim Robinson, far and away, one of the best episodes that was done. Essentially, the onus of the show was that one of these sort of like alt comedians, each episode, they were given their own episode to make of it what they will. They can turn it into whatever they want. Usually it's a character showcase. And I remember far and away, Tim was obviously the most notable given his history on SNL, albeit a brief tenure, but also just the lunacy of his sketches. I remember one that is, I think you should leave adjacent, but still like lives in the same house, in my opinion, is him being a like high rolling gangster type, seeing a luck. Mr. Deal. Paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seeing that luck. Yeah. Lady luck. Yeah, and then immediately failing. <laughs> lady and, luck. And just they having call it all her Lady luck. <laughs> so to, to have it all drop uh, and getting to check it out was just incredibly enjoyable i love the 15 minute structure it feels very adult swim adjacent considering that is usually the length of those types of shows i love him involving other types of those comedians like a caper lant like a john early like a tim heidecker who certainly make their appearances favorite sketches i would say one that really sticks out in our high household because my wife is also a big fan is definitely uh night that Robert Palin's gun me down slash the night that the skeletons came to life. Like we consistently <laughs> quote the lyrics whenever we hear the word bones or I, worms. I, have not, I guess this is why I've never heard complaints from Mike that I pay him in bones and worms <laughs> uh, when we're doing the post-show payroll. Bones well, are I, his money. Yeah. yeah. Listen, my skeleton heritage must be revealed <laughs> right now. It, it was, it's been my night and day and night and day in 30 years of me being a skeleton that has come to life. So that's definitely the one that sticks out to me the most. I think, has this ever happened to you? Is like the sketch I remember really hooking me. I know the first one is the job interview, which is yeah. like good in representing the show, but has this ever happened to you showed the Andy Kaufman effect of something going on for so long that it becomes unfunny, but then it becomes so much funnier the more you get into it and especially the more detailed they get. That's really, I think, where Tim Robinson's bread and butter lies. It's just the odd specificities that exist within these characters. Yeah. Yep. So I was uh, I I was late to it. Uh, not terribly late, but a, a full season late. So I did not see season one. I was not aware of season one uh, until I became aware of season two. Because if you're someone who's plugged on to the internet at all and you talk about TV at all uh, and you're on Twitter or whatever, it would be very hard to miss Carl Havoc. Uh, and so I was like, what is this? And there was lots of really funny Carl Havoc memes happening. And so I was like, okay, I should check this out and see what it's about. So I watched all of season two in a night, uh, in a single night, very, very easy to watch this entire, you know, an entire season in a single sitting. 
uh, watched through it. I think it's the third episode of season two, not to tip my hand too much too early on. That really, uh, really got me. Uh, I think season two, episode three, maybe pound for pound is the best episode of I Think You Should Leave, in my opinion. Uh, and I loved it. And I told a friend afterwards that I'd watched it. Uh, and he was like, have you seen season one? And I had and I went back and I watched season one. And I mean, season one is gold straight out of the gate. Uh, just the the righteous indignation towards things that uh, do not deserve righteous indignation is just such great, great comedy. What? You know, like, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you're allowed to do that. Uh, like, just uh, Tim himself seems to be like sort of like comedy Superman. And yeah. when when I say that, I mean, literally, like, I think he may have shown up on Earth naked in a rocket and was raised by humans. Uh, <laughs> like, I don't think that he is of this world. And I think it's for the best. Um, I think favorite sketches, you know, I'll I'll reserve the season two sketches for the conversation that we're about to have. So looking at season one, Obviously, we're all looking for the guy who did this is iconic. Um, as far as like an under, I, I mean, I love the push and pull. I think the push and yeah. pull is one of uh, the most used in my daily vernacular. Actually, it goes both ways. Um, of course, the turbo team. Um, but as far as like one that probably, I, I don't know. I don't know how these things fared in uh, bracket volume yeah. one. We'll fill you in, yeah. Sure. Uh, so I could imagine that it was like a first round casualty. I... I die every single time I watch the motorcycle sketch. Oh, okay. uh, the, the motorcycles destroys me. Uh, yeah, guys, oh, this motorcycles here's utterly obliterates me. Where did motorcycles uh, land? Not well. We weren't we weren't fans yeah. of I, 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 I liked it. I voted for it. So you looked at them and you didn't yeah. say, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a tiny motorcycle with a little house in it. Okay. Uh, and then, like, running around, damn it is. It's just so, so, so stupid. It kills me. It really, really kills me. So, I think so. Today, I went back and I rewatched all of season two uh, in anticipation of this. And uh, I did a thing that I do not normally do because I don't normally talk about comedy for uh, like podcast purposes. But I figured to like give myself some structure as we're going to bracket this thing out. I wanted to rank all of the season two sketches so I know where I'm coming Ooh. from. Um, and it was the it was the first time I've ever done that. And like even like maybe like a couple of these, there's maybe two, there's two at the bottom that I have that just don't work for me at all. One of which I respect and one of which like I just don't care about at all. And then everything else uh, is great or better, you know? So mm -hmm. I love the show. I think it's great. Uh, it's the easiest thing to put on at night and just laugh yeah. hilariously. And my wife and I have a very, very fun time watching this show. I still get some Netflix screeners from time to time and I keep looking out for, I think you should leave and I've gotten nothing. And I've got like a little bit of like a, a stink eye towards Netflix about this. Emily asks me to look every single day. I look three <laughs> times a day. And this has been for ever since they announced the release date. Uh, so I apologize, so Josh. Uh, I'm the Jamie Taco in this situation. I just sent the email faster. And so I get the screeners. Damn instead it. Of you. <laughs> oh. I, this so is a unfair. show. I don't know if I would want to watch the, the screeners if I got them early, because you want to be able to quote the show and you're so limited in who you can talk to that. <laughs> I know. And so that uh, would be tough. 
Um, it would be, or you would seem so funny uh, <laughs> for like, for like, uh, you know, three or four weeks, you'd seem like the funniest yeah. person on the planet only for them to find out that like you had totally plagiarized. Tim oh yeah. Robinson. You're like, really, really throwing you're back. Like, yeah. Like those people that, you know, were on the, the cool kids on the playground who like watched Seinfeld and their friends did and was able to roll out those routines knowing that they were completely ignorant to yeah. plagiarizing another comedian's work. Yeah. yeah. yeah I'm going to show up to like a bar mitzvah and a hot dog costume uh -huh. and do that bit. <laughs> That's right. My God, I'm hilarious. So is he. <laughs> oh, man. That's so good. Yeah, that is, that is, I think, to me, one of the most, like, applicable, I think you should leave moments. Like, there are so many gifable moments as we'll get into, but I think that's the one that applies so much to the hypocrisy that our society <laughs> has of, I just, I think we all want to know the person who did this <laughs> is one of the most out of context moments that I usually end up posting in response to ludicrous situations. Yeah, and the, and the ones that really stood out for me in season one, um, now we're like reflecting back on it even more now after like deeping di deep diving season two, um, is really the ones that like had that like extra layer of like the pathos and the commentary and this like existential angst, like the like the gift receipt, which was like our favorite, and the babysitter, just like something that's like tearing at the inside of you that these like hot you know oh, like like a, like a receipt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I felt like that was somewhat more lacking in season two and it was just like it was just as wacky and just as silly and just as quotable and like escalatory in, in like all the ways that tim robinson is awesome um but to me it was like lacking that quality that like kind of makes it somewhat of a downer compared to season one but like huh. still like a lot of great sketches so I mean, really fun to yeah. kind of like go through them i i totally hear that i i i feel like season one is for sure superior to season two and i think that season two starts to uh like lose some energy around five. I think five and six are probably two of the weakest of the whole show, but this is like damning with faint praise. And this is like the kind yeah. of thing where Fishback would say arbitrary and reductive, right? Like yeah, it's I, I, Tim I, Robinson. It's it's even the even the biggest pile of poop is uh, got some shimmer. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's because I watched season two recently, but I feel like it has higher highs to me. What is also interesting about season two, I feel like we got a lot more work humor stuff in season two right. season one True. obviously we have like infamous bozo dubbed over which i love <laughs> but i feel like we got a lot more stuff in the office and also out of the office but responding to the office in the case right. of the deposition so i don't yeah. know if it's like tim decided to invoke the netflix said okay the white collar crowd needs to get more into i think you should leave uh but it was an interesting trend to have him partake in well yeah. it, was, it was a, a post-covid season right COVID right. happens and then this show gets to film and so i think like skewering office culture feels you know very very pointed at that point in time so uh you know, probably like the audience getting an extra hate into all of the and like <laughs> feeling the righteous indignation. You can't skip lunch. You <laughs> just can't. Uh, you know, I had a cool job that I loved. Like, I feel like there's a there's a lot in there that, uh, you know, in the world that we were living in in 2021 versus 2019 when season one comes out. I think that office those office culture sketches, uh, they do hit different. I'm just curious, Josh, you mentioned watching with Emily. I think um, I think all four of us cohabitate with a significant other. Uh, Av, Mike, is this a show that you watch with your uh, with your wives? Oh, yeah, 100 percent. Angela and uh, I also quote this show consistently to each other. It is something that we both really love. Now, that being said, this is one of those shows that I like adore getting to recommend to people, but it is not always a hit. It's a very particular style of humor that to me supersedes like anything SNL is doing these days, but I can understand 
for people that might be conditioned to a different type of comedy, how it might not work in our particular household. It goes over like gangbusters. Hmm. Ah, what about you? Yeah, I um, I never it never occurred to me to um even like show this show to my wife because it's like uh-huh. not like her style at all. Like she doesn't like weird things. She it's doesn't like exactly gross things. not her style. Yeah, like I was she just doesn't like, like weird things and gross things. She's married to you off. I mean, right, exactly. Oh, oh. Brutal. Very nice. Sorry. Um, all right, well, Alex, are you just an alien sticking harsh, out of the wall and insulting the tables? Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I'm I'm overcome with jealousy, I think, for the, for the two of you, Josh, and Mike. Wait, but um, I didn't finish. I didn't finish. Oh, you did convert her. But oh, then this like Lots past twists. week, like while I'm like I'm watching this show constantly, she's like, "What is this thing?" So I I showed it to her. And I showed her the Stooges, and she like really liked it. Oh um, wow! Yeah, she was like very really? into it. Um, I'm very excited now. Yeah. Um, so I've been quoting it a lot lately, the last couple of weeks, because of you know the rewatches for this podcast. And Sunday night we were on a date, and then at the end of like the waiter like brought the receipt, and I sort of picked up the receipt, and Jen's like, "You don't need that." I'm like, what do we say? You don't need the receipt. <laughs> I crumpled it up and I ate it. Oh my God. Alex, you want to just pull up that uh, season one bracket? And what? was your stomach absolutely fucked? You have to fill in the rest of the details here. <laughs> oh yeah. But, um, but you know, well, she obviously thought I was absolutely fucked. And so I tried to explain the context. Um, but again, it's, it's very much a show you need to see, I think. So. Yeah. It's a very visual show. Yeah. For sure. here, here's the season one bracket. Um, Great. I just want to study yeah, so, it. So, yeah, so I am I'm going to work uh, uh, more on Dr. Jen and uh, see if I can get her to watch with me, because this is a show like there, there's there's not too many rewatches of the show that you can do, like or at least if there is, I haven't reached that number yet. So this is a show <laughs> I, I also, I also have not reached that. Yeah, yeah. well, the, <laughs> so the, the, the thing is that there are so many sketches that like you forget about them. Yeah. Some slip through the cracks they are obviously like the biggest ones, your crash mores. But then there are other ones like the Blues Brothers that tickle me every time that I forget about every time I come about it. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I agree. Um, and and especially because uh, until, you know, the last couple of weeks, the way I would watch this show is not by going on Netflix and loading up an episode. It would just I would think of a sketch and I would like, you know, type it into Google and then watch it on wherever I'm watching it on on YouTube or Facebook or TikTok or whatever. Um, but yeah, but then that's not a way to sort of catch up on some of the other sketches that aren't maybe, you know, top of mind, but you're like, oh yeah, this is an awesome one too. So. By the time that this podcast is at, or at least while we're recording this podcast, uh, people have gotten a chance to to listen to the season one bracket, right? Like I'm not going to spoil anything. Correct. or Am I going to spoil Correct. stuff? No, okay. it's been out. It's been Gosh, out. I am. I am. Uh, I'm so happy to see how well Bozo did the dub did. I love Bozo <laughs> so, did the dub. I, uh, the, the, one of the more frequent ones is, uh, oh, fuck. What the <laughs> Fuck, I'm not even supposed to be. <laughs> what the fuck uh, is this? A clown pewter? <laughs> Great to see that that got some respect. I love it. I'm surprised the babysitter made it to the end. Uh, Baby- oh. Babysitter was honestly one that I forgot about until I happened down a rabbit hole on YouTube like several months back. I think I just confused it for like gift receipt, which is the superior Tim does weird stuff at a party sketch, right. but I did really enjoy Babysitter once I, I remember oh, it's it. Great. It's yeah. great. It's the, yeah. it's yeah. the five minute long sketches where it starts in one place and it ends in completely different places. <laughs> that is what makes this show so unique because the, you know, um, even, um, you, 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 you know, hat on a hat. Have you heard that expression before? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So I think Bill Hader is the one I learned it from hat on a hat is like this idea, like at a summer they criticize, like you're wearing a hat and then you put a hat on the hat. In other words, like you have like two different ideas in the sketch. It's getting too right. complicated. Stay focused. 
on this show, the goal is like Bartholomew's 500 hats on top of each other. Like that's what makes the sketches so brilliant. And yeah. I think that is what separates it from like an SNL, for example, that they're not uh, afraid to like zig and then zag and then keep going in completely different directions. Oh, brutal that Get Their Seat had to go up against Instagram. I always love Sunday Funday with these pig dicks. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. And that was actually that was an example of one where it's a very funny sketch, but it seems other than, you know, obviously the specific language used, it seems like an SNL sketch in a way. I mean, it helps that Vanessa Bayer is there. Yes, know? yes, yes. We also <laughs> thought it seemed like we weren't sure if we were Mandela affecting this or not. Like we thought there was a similar uh, sketch in Inside Amy Poehler, but we weren't sure if we were just inventing that because it's a Amy kind of Schumer, thing. right? Amy Schumer. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, Inside Amy Schumer, yes. I was just about to say, like, oh, yeah. there's a show I should watch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That. Babysitter to me was also the one that was the most as a Kerr podcast. I just like love the needless lie that you just escalate and double <laughs> and triple down on just to like not give up yeah. any like social standing. It just like weren't even real people like they didn't. <laughs> matter that's that's all. the thing that really is works so well for tim robinson and surprisingly works on a binge because the game of the sketch almost every time is like person is in the wrong yet not only insists <laughs> that the right doubles triples right. the triples are best mm -hmm. down upon it and like despite the fact that that seems to be the same formula every single time it just ends up working because of the different situations, the different characters and again like the very specific details that get brought in for each individual character yeah, like the hot dog guy not being willing to just get away with it. He also needs to steal a bunch of suits. <laughs> like, we can't just even call it even. I still need uh -huh. to come out ahead. Yeah. Yeah, it's like the shamelessness. It's great. Yeah. All right. Should we jump into our season two bracket? Let's we do should, it. We should All jump right. into our season two bracket. But first, we have a quick public service announcement. Oh. If you love podcasts like Pretty, Pretty, Pretty Good, 32 Fans, or Post Show Recaps, you need to remember that these platforms are completely user-funded. Mm. Anybody can listen <laughs> to these podcasts, but nobody gives. They go dark. So you got to give. You do have to give. We are constantly telling the listeners of Post Show Recaps that you got to give. I'm Mike the Rock Bloom. <laughs> Listen, I didn't pay him to say that. We went to uh, uh, podcast high school together. We lost our podcast virginities on the, the same, same night, same night in same front party. of the same mic. Yeah, the same, uh -huh. mic, the same mic, the microphone, or the mic, the bloom. Oh my ah. gosh, that's a uh, reputation. Yeah, that you only get that full story if you give. Uh, that's true. That's true. And there's a number of very easy ways you can give. You can rate and review podcasts. Eh, that's, a, that's an okay way to give. A really good way to give is to become a patron of the podcast. Uh, there's a lot of different categories, tiers, people could tell you about. Um, we have like a link. You could just like give us money. You don't really need to give us money. But like if you want to give us money, you know, it helps to not go dark, but it won't go dark. It's fine. We'll be fine. Uh, but that goes right in our pocket. So if you want to put money in our pockets, you give us a buck. It's okay. You know, uh, I'm, I'm only eating burgers because that's the only <laughs> thing I can afford. I don't know. I have to spend all my money on shirts. So I just haven't eaten. <laughs> Uh, Chester, congratulations on uh, getting the like the courage to ask people for their burgers because I have <laughs> yet been able to develop that skill. Yeah. I'm joking. I'm joking. That's all you say when you ask for burgers. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also like that sketch every time it's, hey, hold that door. And then very <laughs> slow, door. casual hold walk. Hold that door. <laughs> so much. All right, we'll get, we'll get to Calico. You hit me in the cup. We'll, we'll get into <laughs> all of it. But uh, yeah, okay. I think with that said, Alex, you can uh, take the lead. Take us uh, around the world on this bracket. Tell us okay. where we're going. Tell us where we're starting.
we have 28 sketches here in season two. So I just ran, I gave the first sketch of a bunch of the episodes a buy. There's no particular rhyme or reason. Uh, you, you can't skip lunch, uh, but you can but skip you, the yeah. first but you can you can skip uh, the first round for lunch. Uh, we're gonna get to a, a matchup of two other uh, sketches from the uh, episode one. And so we're gonna start. We're, we're gonna start with Corn Cob TV against Carl Havoc. Ah, uh, why are we starting with this one? This is hard. This listen, is Corn Cob TV. Cough and flop is a good show. Um, and then Carl Havoc, of course, is everything is upside down, starring Carmine as Carl Havoc. Mission number one is mayhem at the mall. Uh, Mike, you you uh. You sounded very per- perturbed. So why don't we start with you? What, yeah, what, these are two of the, the best challenge? sketches of the whole damn season. And we're <laughs> yeah. putting the two of them against each other in the very beginning. It's like starting the Bible with David versus Goliath or uh, Goliath versus Goliath. God, this is like two of the most reverential sketches to me. I mean, we quoted Corncob TV. The, 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 the coffin flop images is exactly what I was talking about before with the Andy Coffin principle that like the more they kept cutting to coffins, <laughs> falling out of these shitty or bodies falling out of these shitty coffins like it just got me every single time and then adding details like one out of every five of them are nude yeah. uh and you know uh, the, well we're allowed to show them nude because they ain't got no they souls. ain't got no yeah. souls they ain't, they ain't got no souls uh people are mad at me because i showed a bunch of naked dead bodies <laughs> with their red blue butts flying out of boxes <laughs> like the the growing indignation i'm done i'll kill you oh it's just so good i'm not worried about any of this there's worse shit on the local news uh it's just <laughs> Like there's so many good lines here, but also Carl Havoc has one of like the lines that has transcended the medium to be of I don't want to be around anymore, which is oh, or there's too much fucking shit on me yeah. is also I feel like really me. prevalent. Yeah. Now that being said, if I have to pick nits here, Carl Havoc does have those fantastic moments, and of course the reveal of the uncanny valley prosthetics that they put him in in the first place. I will say it loses steam the more it goes along with we, I do love, there's too much fucking shit on me. Then we take a bit of a dip with like the, like, I don't want to do jokes anymore, right? Like what's the purpose of, of swatting down his fry. And then it does end with, I don't want to be around anymore. <laughs> I think that corn cob TV maintains a bit more of a constant slope rather than uh, going a little bit of a parabola with Carl Havoc. So I'm going to go cough and flop for consistency. I think I'm Carl Havoc. I think I'm Carl Havoc, and I think I totally disagree that it loses steam. I think that the idea of this man, uh, of poor Carmine Laguzio, getting bared down by the weight (laughs) of Carl Havoc and having this eureka moment while he is, like, sweating to death under there, that what he's doing is bullshit and there is no point to this. He thought it was interesting. Uh, I think that the argument that he gets into that leads to this existential death is a really serious part of when this show can be elite for me. Uh, part, part of this is this was the sketch that got me to watch the show in the first place. Wow. I really do hate that it's immediately up against Corn Cob TV. Both of these should be able to advance. Um, one of them has to go. I'm a vote for Carl Havoc. Uh, what about you? Yeah, I mean, uh, prank show Carl Havoc is a show is an, is an episode uh, episode is a sketch that for me it reminds me a lot of this Bruno Mars SNL sketch where he plays a uh, like a bear walking around in Times yes, Square. Sad mouse, yeah. Sad mouse, yeah. So a mouse, not a bear. Fair. There you go. Um, and so like I I found it like very impactful, but like it doesn't make me laugh. And like I see it like ranked very high on lists of people who rank this show sketches on the internet. 
And it like, for me, it's like not in those categories because it's like, it needs to be able to do both. Um, and I just like, I watched, I've watched this sketch so many times trying to understand what is like funny about this one. And it just like, it doesn't hit me for some reason. Um, whereas Korkov, I like die from, I mean, it's just like the, the way it just like, it starts out as like, oh, this seems reasonable. And then it's just like the classic, I think you should leave Tim Robinson, just like the escalation of doubling, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And you're just like along for the ride. I just like love that. Um, so it's just like, it's an easy Korkov TV for me here. I can't believe um, Carl Havoc's going to die in the first round. I don't even want to be around anymore. <laughs> there was yeah, too much I shit up against him, not on him this time. I don't know. Yeah, I hate, I hate to put more fucking shit on you uh, josh but i'm just to me like obviously like the 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 gif or even like the image of uh you know carl havoc dressed in the mall like that went as viral as almost anything from this show but the sketch itself it just seems a little less complex to me than like sort of peak i think you should leave and I only laughed out loud like four times. Corn Cop so, TV is more complex than Carl Havoc well, is ridiculous. Well, well, Corn Cop well, TV okay, is hold just on a, a bunch of naked corpses <laughs> plopping out of coffins. It's hilarious, but it's more complex. Is an well, absurd. I mean, okay, it, does, it does bring up the concept of a soul, which is very much debated yeah. amongst yeah, religious yeah. absurd take. It, no, it is. It is a. It, you know what? It is a fair question. Like, is is the suicide threat a real cry of pain? Are we getting very dark, or is he just a lying sack of shit? It's you well, know, he. It's a little he hard clearly to tell. has like a moment where like I think some like truths build out mm, and then yeah. he gets interrogated on it of like, do you mean you don't want to be alive because of the suit? <laughs> he sees a path out of the suit and yeah. his whole tone and demeanor changes where he goes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There is there is a lot going on in Carl. A lot of pathos. Okay. I, I accept my death here, but I. Uh, I have a bone to pick with the people who uh, who put Corncob <laughs> TV up against Carl should, Havoc. Should we say well, Carl I didn't rig shit. Okay? Did I didn't fucking do this. Okay. Did Carl Havoc go to the edge of extinction? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I do choose to believe, I know this isn't, uh, I'm sure this is not the case, but I choose to believe it was filmed before a real audience at a mall. <laughs> so I, I, just, I do, I actually do debate that as well. Yeah. I mean, listen, this show does an incredible job of casting like ordinary looking people, not even yeah. like, like Hollywood ordinary, like legitimate people you could run into on the street for good and for bad. So I I could wouldn't be surprised either way if it's like, OK, we actually are going to attempt to do this fake camera show or if it's like, hey, we hired a bunch of background people that are just really good at looking oddly at this man dressed up like a melted troll doll. It feels really candid to me. Uh, like it feels it feels like one of those candid camera shows like they they perfectly match that style. Uh, they really, really do. Um, R.I.P. Carl Havoc. Let's tear his head off right away, I guess. <laughs> the chin is killing me. All right. It kills. The so, chin so, kills. Sorry the to break chin. your heart, Josh. Corncob TV now goes up against Skip Lunch, which as a reminder, it's Pat tries to eat a hot dog during lunch and chokes. Um, what I absolutely love about the Skip Lunch <laughs> is like just this idea of like trying to like subtly take a drink or eat like a crunchy food in a circumstance <laughs> where you're not supposed to yeah. or, or, or is something that I'm sure we've all done a hundred times. And it's, it's so it's, that is so evocative to me. It's perfect. Um, yeah. I didn't know if you're allowed to do that. <laughs> I'm the tiredest ever been in my entire life. Just like <laughs> yeah, very that's, evocative that's of uh, Ron, uh, not know, not knowing you're allowed to get karaoke in your house on party down. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or more like George claiming he didn't know uh, when he had sex with the Portuguese. So, <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Oh, I, yeah. my last job, that was not okay. Yes, that was exactly. okay. Uh, 
Um, so, so I think I think uh, Corn Cob TV is the superior sketch to to skip yeah, lunch. Uh, per- personally, uh, I think Corn Cob TV is a top five of the season for sure. Mm. Uh, skip lunch though. First, first sketch of season two, first sketch I ever saw in, in, in its entirety of the show. I have so much love for it. His face when he is revealed to be choking on the hot dog. Yeah. <laughs> also, when he like barfs up like the bits of bun <laughs> on uh, someone's backpack. And whose backpack is this? I yeah, almost I almost tripped, tripped on it. Yeah. it. Like that's the crime. That's yeah, uh, I think I think hilarious. one of my favorites first is the image of him. To your point, Alex, like not even trying to subtly squirrel away this hot dog of him <laughs> his hands flat on the table like reaching his face into the sleeve chewing it with no sense of hiding it is great and i go back and forth on the whole choking like i the image is funny gets a little ridiculous i do like the fact that he is i don't know at the end of his life so much that he is thrashing about and actually choking someone in response to someone trying to stop him choking that being said corn cob tv sends it, you know, flying out of the shit wood and hitting the pavement. Yeah, in this iteration, I do think, unfortunately, uh, what's what's his name in Skip Lunch? Pat, is that right? Pat, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do think Pat choked and died on the hot dog uh, and got coffin flopped by a corn cob. No, because he's going to make a commercial, right, about well, it? He, well, he we'll get there. Life. We'll yeah. get there. We'll see. Uh-huh. That's a totally separate sketch in this bracket, it appears. <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, I think that guy's going to die, too, pretty quickly. Just looking ahead, <laughs> looking ahead. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think we're we're all in agreement. Corncob TV, the superior sketch. I do love the fundamental tension of the but it's lunch argument because like on the one hand, yeah, but like tough shit, like you have a job sometimes, shit happens, and on the other hand, but it's lunch, like don't mess with lunch. So it's like I hear both sides. You can't do that. Yeah, yeah you can't do that. Just let people have their lunch. Don't interfere with lunch. All right, so Corncob TV will advance to our Elite Eight. Uh, who will it meet? We have the little buff boys competition. Going up against Ghost Tour, the uh, the last two sketches from the opening episode. Handsome boys, bodies of men. <laughs> uh, Sam Richardson, uh, fantastic as always. There's a moment in the sketch where he like he takes a pause to take a drink from a huge jug of water while yeah. the audience yeah. watches. Yeah. Right, no, right after he finishes his opening yeah. number. So it's a 30-second song, and then yeah. he just swigs from this gallon jug of water. That being said, not I think, you, troll boy. You understand. You get yeah, it, right? And yeah. I, what, what, what kills me is besides troll boy is goose suit, which I love them bringing in <laughs> the, these vaudevillian the, terms of it actually being it's an old circus term. Yeah. That being said, I think the fact that this essentially is like a sequel to Baby of the Year yeah. down to the outright host, I think weakens it in my yes, eyes. I and agree also, totally. Yeah. And also the the fact that the ghost tour is also again as Josh is mentioning, like this first episode fucking hits there's so much good stuff in here and this is this is the weakest sketch of the premiere which tells you so much uh because like it is still really funny but the the uh baby baby of the year is a hall of fame uh moment of comedy of uh modern times i think for me uh tiny dinky daffy pancake by drunk dump truck driver (laughs) is just iconic uh and they didn't die as babies literally shut up fucking idiot (laughs) little buff boys (laughs) Little Buff Boys is very funny, but it is just it is uh, for sure inferior to to Baby of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bart Harley Jarvis uh, would be really upset if we uh, put Buff Boys ahead of uh, Baby of the Year. I think. I yeah, them. what a well, crop! That's a crop. I will kill myself on live on live on this podcast live if Ghost Tour loses to Little Buff Boys. Um, totally. Ghost Tour is awesome. It's one of my favorite sketches of the season. Um, um, do, do you have any of the uh, the things he says written down? Would you like to read them for um, us? 
I think he may have asked if any of these fuckers ever pop out of the walls and say, <laughs> oh, my God, there's a horse cock on my donkey dick. Yeah, you missed two fucks from that sentence. But yes, <laughs> the, the false sentence is any of these little fuckers ever pop out of the fucking wall and say, <laughs> fuck, there's a horse cock in my mouth or a donkey dick. Um, do you know what's great is uh, in the sketches that he's not in the uh, I typically don't like them to the same extent that I like the ones that he's in. But there is such a consistency across the board in the writing, because you can imagine Vanessa Bayer delivering this scene uh, like mm. it is so of a piece of the boot caught me sleeping, uh, you know, like just this total misunderstanding <laughs> of foul language does not equal comedy or humor. Uh, and because that's how it's being wielded in this moment, it's utterly hilarious and ridiculous. Ghost yeah, Horror I, uh... is horrific. Yeah. I, I, I love that it's like almost a curse for Tim's character. I mean, you talk yeah. about that pathos of uh, from season one. I feel like this is one of the sketches that embodies it most, where he comes back through the kitchen, tears down his yeah. face, but has to raise his hand and slowly explains, not trying to be funny, not trying to get a laugh. I don't want anybody to, to have the worst day of their, their job. job. But do any of these fuckers. fuckers. And it's like he he's forced to say the word. He feels like this is his duty. And then it has like this really sweet end of the sketch where he gets up getting kicked out of the tour. Wait, wait, the and that sentence. Do any of these fuckers, yeah. what do they do? Yeah. <laughs> I can't even remember. Is this something about the yeah. donkey dick again? Ever blast out of the wall uh -huh. <laughs> and have like a huge cum shot. The the line delivery of fuckers is oh, just yeah. so good. Uh, and then when he's like, no, he says, okay. <laughs> yeah, it's like the honk while you're horny sketch, right? Of like, yeah. finally, someone actually answered the question. And so now he's satisfied. Yes, yeah. that's right. That's right. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is easily my favorite of of the first episode here. Um, it's the first one to me that felt like a season one sketch, like to, to your point, Mike. Um, it's also like, it, it really like, I think tests that idea of like, the you know oh i have free speech i can say whatever i want first amendment versus like yeah but like if you're an asshole people get to just like treat you like an asshole too like that's like there's a difference between like what the rules are and like how you learn how to fit in society um that this like really captures that like everyone goes through on obviously much lower levels than this guy yeah. um but like there is just always that fundamental tension of like why am i not fitting in i'm playing by the rules like <laughs> you know yeah. right like this is sort of like the the innocent misunderstanding of how society works is a really key part of the comedy, I think. Yeah, yeah. And again, very, it's very earnest. earnest, very earnest. Like that's going to come up later when uh, uh, it's like, do you know how to fucking drive? I don't. Like, I can't. <laughs> I don't know how any of this shit works and I'm scared. Yeah, and I'm right. fucking scared. Which is another, I think, fantastic, like out of context moment. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's like the the ending with the mom in the car. It's like it's not just funny; it like it recontextualizes the entire sketch in such a way that makes it him so much more innocent. Where yeah. it's like this guy's like he's he wants to be a good guy. He just doesn't know how to do it. This is an instance where I think Ghost Tour maps really nicely onto Gift Receipt, uh, and I think that the structures of these first two episodes of these first two seasons of season uh, of the season premieres of both of them have a lot of um, much like Star Wars. I think you should leave rhymes, uh, is what they <laughs> say, uh, and like I feel like that you know moment where he's he's dead in the car at the end of Gift Receipt, and then this moment where he is going home with his mom feel very spiritually linked, but unlike where I think Little Buff Boys is very clearly inferior to uh, Baby of the Year, I think that Ghost Tour and Gift Receipt are closer to the same level. I would still yeah. put Gift Receipt ahead of it, but I do think that there is like a, a, a yeah. cleaner parallel track. 
Gifford City, I think, has more of the classic, I think you should leave escalation, where it's like, okay, this is interesting. Like, he insists on this one menial thing. And then it builds to this level of, oh, you took too small a slice and had too big of a mud pie, and therefore my stomach's fucked. Like, it just builds to this, like, really... It's, it's different endings as well, right? Like, I, I think to your point, Josh, Get Proceeds ends in such a big way where everyone hates Steven Yen and, you know, leaves his house to go to another party and then Tim's character is dead. As opposed to here, it's a much more, like, simple saccharine ending where he walks out and says, did you make any friends? No, Mom. No, Mom. <laughs> um. All right, so, yeah, Ghost Tour is going to advance here over Little Buff Boy's Oh, I do just want to say for Little Buff Boys, like, you know, one of the things that that one of our guests, Aton, talked about last week was how, like, the other characters in the sketches are always very intelligent, and they're, like, speaking for the audience, but they're doing yeah. so explicitly. Like, they call out what the audience is thinking. And, like, Little Buff Boys, the way that the, the boss immediately calls out, like, the goose suits is just a great example of that. Um, you know, I think SNL Excuse, excuse have... me, Alex. His name is Calvin Tremplain. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I think SNL could have a little buff boy sketch, but I just, you know, and I think it would be very funny, but I just, I don't think it would like go as deep as this one. Um, speaking of SNL, our, our other first round matchup here is the Capitol room, which is a, sort of a shark tank esque show where our fourth mogul, uh, Patty Harrison, who plays her, uh, she earned her money in uh, non-traditional ways. I guess you would say she made all of her money off the big Charlie Brown. I <laughs> yeah. can't stand bald, bald boys. boys. They make me yeah. think I'm back in the pants. I'm back. I, that's to me, Patty Harrison. I mean, she is one of those rare non Tim Robinson actors that just like, sells it i mean listen this will not be the first time we'll talk about her absolutely making a sketch in this season yeah. right? like she is the the honorary silver medalist mvp of i think you should leave just by default from her being able to bring it in this absolutely ridiculous environment yeah, yeah. and uh probably the the line in the entire series that i could probably relate to the most of is i can't even watch a movie anymore without a big pour of let's say wine yeah. <laughs> i can't stop drinking wine yeah. Yeah, i'm worried about how much wine, wine i'm drinking her delivery is fantastic and i think it really carries the <laughs> sketch because it's 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 it is very snl-esque to me it's like it's a yeah. it's, mm. it's it's one idea it's you know it's, it's, it's just that tank, amount of money the... that gets smaller <laughs> until and... i die <laughs> Unless uh, I make a great deal with you, unless yeah. I rip you off. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, but of that line, you didn't even finish it earlier. I think for me, what sells that line is I can't even watch a movie anymore without a big pour of wine in popcorn. Yeah. It's like that yeah. soul, yeah. That, that little cute voice in the shoulder shimmy. And I think especially what did it for me this time that I didn't even remember was don't bring me a bad deal or I'll it does some sort of like goblin gesture. Again, only she is able to sell it. Uh, and so I think it's going to be really, it's going to be a good deal. I think I'm not, I'm going to be fail to pass on this one. Mm. Oh, wow. And then, but it's going up against Dan Flash's, the, the first Dan Flash's, which is uh, the man in the office conference room who's weak and tired because he has spent all his per diem food money on shirts from Dan Flash's. So to me, this is Dan Flash's. Like, I feel like uh, the actual Dan Flash's commercial is sort of in the same way that, uh, like, we, what's the, what's the little buff boys thing that happens later? Oh, yeah, the in guy, the guy, the guy who well? does, the, the guy who, yeah. like, does his own uh, commercial Dave Campor, for a franchise. Dave yeah. Campor, I believe, is his name. Like, I can't, I can't separate them. Uh, like, I, I just no, can't that's separate fair. Yeah, the two it, of it's them. the same sketch, but because it's not shown sequentially on totally. the show, because we're trying to fill out a bracket here. Yeah, 100%. So I have a separate. Um, my my point yeah. being that I think that like I will you know I I will not lose sleep if the Dan Flash's commercial loses, 
I think this is Dan Flash's. Like for me, this sketch of him lying down. Uh, what's the name of the guy he keeps yelling at? Doug. Doug. Yeah. Shut the fuck up, Doug. You Shut fucking fuck up, skunk. Doug. Yeah, like, uh, and then he's like, "I'll kill you." Is just un like unreal. The idea that he would spend all of his per diem on shirts. <laughs> Uh, from but, but Josh, uh, you, it costs more because of the patterns. Uh, that's right. I you mean, understand listen, that. Okay. everyone would, understands that's how and I, and I, I love that ass backwards logic because it's one of those improv things where, like, the more you think about it in this demented worldview, it makes sense that for him, someone said that the shirt shouldn't be expensive, which to him means, oh, it's because the pattern isn't complicated <laughs> enough. Yeah. But no, because it is so complicated, that's why it has to be expensive. But uh, this, this is, is another a, example is of the show. It's still pretty complicated. Uh, but, but like Doug calls out that stupidity for the audience, right? Because yeah, the sketch, like this, what the what sort of some lazier sketch shows do is they say, all right, you have to buy into the ridiculous premise here in right. order to appreciate the humor. And I think you should leave never does that. I think you should leave says, no, this is why it's ridiculous. They point it out, and then they're even funnier because of that. Yeah, right, and that's yeah. that's interesting. I wish we had brought that up when uh, more when Aton was on last week, given his uh, you know improv uh, background, but. Um, you know, fundamentally, comedy is supposed to be yes and, right? And then we're saying like, what I think you should leave sometimes does best is actually no. This is why why, why you're crazy, and then that re requires the you know the instigator to escalate in an even funnier way, which is where it goes to like the best places. Um, so it's interesting how it kind of like reverses the, like the basic rule of comedy to amazing results. The Capitol Room is great. I think it would be a huge upset to defeat Dan Flashes, which I'm not necessarily against if you're all about to say that the Capitol Room is better than Dan Flashes, but I think conventional wisdom for me would say Dan Flashes moves yeah. on. To me, Dan Flashes in a wrap. It has to Listen, be. Listen, uh, one out of every four sharks tends to go with a crazy idea. I'll be this, the lone vote for the Capitol Room this I time. love that. I love that for you, Mike. I, the Capitol Room is hilarious. When I, I, like, that's one that, not that I forget, but uh, when it popped up, I just wasn't expecting it in the rotation. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I was so happy to see the Capitol Room. All right, but um, so uh, Mike's uh, protest vote is noted, but Dan Flash's advances to face Ghost Tour. Uh, this 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 is a this is a tough matchup. Uh, I'm I'm gonna vote for uh, for Dan Flash's though. Hmm. Av, uh, what about you? Yeah, no. Here's where I think Dan Flashes is good. Ghost Tour to me is elite. Um, oh, wow. Ghost Tour to me just like captures something you know innate about all of us and is also hilarious. Uh, Dan Flashes is like crazy and wacky and funny and all does all that stuff, but like it doesn't have that like extra oomph that to me makes like the elite uh, sketches that this show puts out. All right, so we're one to one. Before we turn to the next vote, I just have a very stupid, pedantic critique of the joke in Ghost Tour that the tour guide says. He says, I guess Henry should have swiped left. And then everybody laughs. But like five generations of the Farsleys have lived here. That implies Henry would have lived here either way. Like Eliza is the one who should have swiped left. <laughs> he could have escaped this family. That's interesting. All right, I'm voting Dan Flashes for that reason. Wow. Yeah. The con Tim Robinson. You need a continuity person. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I'm voting Dan Flashes. That's it. Uh, Ghost Tour makes no sense. Yeah. But um, all right. So Josh, who who are you actually voting for here? Uh, I do think I am actually voting for Dan Flashes because uh, okay. uh, I think like this this will be for me. Um, uh, I'm just peeking ahead, and I know who Dan Flashes the commercial is going up against, and it's not going to win that for me. So I think like I'm going to continue to throw my lot on Dan Flashes here. I love the Ghost Tour. I do think because it is an echo of Gift Receipt in a lot of ways for me. Yeah. Uh, Gift Receipt is just the the better of the two. Dan Flashes kind of singular. Uh, you know they like 
what happened to his neck? You know, like, just like, <laughs> why is he so rigid? Just the, the, the physical comedy that he's got there is, uh, is, is really impressive. And that is a big piece of Tim Robinson too. I think is just like the way he wields his form uh, is fairly spectacular. I think that that's on full display in Dan flashes. All right, Mike, what about you? I'm going to be again, I'll, I'll, maybe I'm, I'm not an anti flashes guy. I think that the, maybe the patterns are just too complicated for me. <laughs> I think to me, Dan Flash's works to a certain extent. I love the specificity of it, and it builds to an okay amount for me. I think to me, Ghost Tour works so well. Yes, it's profane, but like the the simplicity of the comedy works so well for me, and it's like also supported by Tim's actually like pretty empathetic and sympathetic performance as a man who is yoked to this unfortunate duty of apparently having to swear because it is the after hours tour. So, <laughs> and I think to me, it's distinct enough from gift receipt that I don't necessarily see it as brothers, maybe cousins, maybe next door neighbors or people who lost their virginity on the same night. Um, so I'm going to go with ghost tour here. Okay. So, wow. So it's two to two. So How do you resolve the tie? Our tiebreaker vote is Matt Stewart. Matt Stewart, who submitted us a ranking of one to five pretties for every single sketch. Uh, Dan Flashes, according to Matt, is pretty, 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 pretty good. The full five pretties. That's a lot of pretties. That's a it's lot of hard to beat. That's going to be hard to beat. Ghost Tour, according to Matt, is pretty, 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 pretty good. Five full pretties oh, again. Okay. And so oh now my we have God. to go to Matt Stewart's rankings of all 60 sketches across all two seasons and Netflix presents the characters. Overall, Dan Flashes is the seventh best sketch in the entire series. That is very, very excellent. I don't know if that can be beat. Ghost Tour is the fifth best. Ghost wow. Tour what wow. a tough matchup here in the Sweet wow. 16. Wow. 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 Yeah. Yeah. I'm not mad to see Ghost Tour go, you know, keep going. Uh, yeah. It's and Dan Flashes does have another chance, uh, as you mentioned, and let's get to that matchup now. Um, so we, so this is Dan Flashes. Well, we'll 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 get to it. The first one is the diner friend. Uh, Bob Odenkirk is willing to help a dad lie to his daughter, uh, but at a cost. And and, um, and then it's going up against Dan Flashes. We see the actual Dan Flashes, and you know, um, uh, to to counter Josh. Like to me, it's just it's executed absolutely perfectly. Like what if I go walk by a store and I see fifty guys who look just like me fighting over a very complicated shirts? Like I go in, yes, I go in. But then to actually <laughs> see it, and it's like they they just made such an impossible standard of how they actually going to make this like look as funny <laughs> as he's described, and they somehow did that, which I think is unbelievable. Uh, and I do love it also is a little SNL to me of them using the very placid music of the hotel menu over the image of these men that all happen to look like Tim Robinson, just like tearing each other apart and going cockeyed at the various patterns that are on the shirts. That being said, I'm not sure if I'm going to vote for it, but I, I do agree with you that I do feel like it delivers. At least it can be really tough to be like, okay, the thing that's in our imagination is funnier than anything that could be put into reality. I don't think that's the case here. I think this is a very funny payoff. It is very funny, but triples is best. Uh, yeah. Triples is best. Uh, doubles is pretty good, but triples is best. Mm, uh, yeah. Bob, Bob Odenkirk, <laughs> when this, uh, when, when Bob Odenkirk had his health scare, this was very, yeah. very yeah. front of mind was this sketch. And I think like a lot of really, uh, a lot of love came out for Bob during that period of time. And I think a lot of it emanated from this uh, sketch, I think was circulated around quite a bit. 
I have a very soft spot in my heart for the diner friend in a way that I do associate Dan flashes as just like one cohesive whole. So it's not a question for me. And I don't Chester, I think you argue it really well uh, about why the Dan flashes commercial is like this ungodly nightmare scape. Uh, it's just, it's connected to the uh, other Dan flashes for me. So diner friend would be my vote. And it's, it's not just that we have Bob Odekirk, but he's also dressed straight out of like the Jimmy McGill costume. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, it could be like Jimmy uh, running a con, like Kim Wexler might yeah. be coming in, you know, yeah. uh, to order a milkshake and uh, talk about the broken ice cream machines. Too. Oh no. Well, how would she react to uh, my wife's beautiful, but she's dying. Uh-huh. <laughs> she asked me to marry her. I didn't even want to because the, there's uh, I forget Victor and whatever. Uh, and just, sell their their siblings so it would work out it would work out yeah i, I completely relate to uh, him as dad here because i once told my daughter that they close all the parks when it rains so that you know to close you can't go there <laughs> yeah I, I will admit you know as the father of a four-year-old i have yet to do the like oh let me try to explain i come up with a new rule of reality to try yeah. to circumvent some sort of thing that i have to do perhaps in anticipation of like trying to rope people into my shenanigans and knowing that you've gone too far. We should yeah. also know this is one of the rare sketches where Tim is a straight man. He's not a crazy man yeah, in this. Right. And I think he does a really good job here. He's very too. good. He's very good at the, I mean, in my favorite sketch of the entire show, he plays straight man. So I think that he does a, he does a really good job of that. He does a really good job of that here. Yeah. And just the, the Seinfeld connection, you know, we know that George loves to pretend he's like a rich, successful architect when he meets people he doesn't know. <laughs> and and this is just, you know, uh, Bob Odenkirk just, you know, does that times a thousand in the sketch. Um, yeah. So it, it, great sketch. I'm voting for Dan Flashes, though. Av, what's your vote? Yeah, I'm going to vote for Dan Flashes, too. Wow. Um, I, I'm, I, I do have a fondness for Bob Odenkirk and Diner Wing, but it's it's kind of one note to me. Um, it does, you know, it definitely escalates, but like it's kind of just the same joke further, further and, and not like a uh, a great way. But Dan uh, Flashes is literally the second time they're doing the Dan Flashes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's just like literally the, the second time they're doing the same joke. <laughs> it's the visual of it. That's just okay. like, oh, my God. It's I'm just like pointing it out. Pointing yeah. out. Yeah. No, it's a Wait, fair. It's a Mike, fair who, did, who did Mike vote for? Oh, yeah, I, d I definitely voted for Diner. Uh, I think oh, it's, right, it's, so it's two it's, to two. It's not yeah. like a huge heavyweight matchup. Uh, yeah, I do think that I Diner agree. does dip at points, but I like Diner a bit more. I think Bob Odenkirk sells it so well in we love when Tim Robertson and all the crazy characters on the show get loud and aggressive to have Bob Odenkirk be like so steadfast in his quietness and his insistence about all the cars that he has triples of and how, you know, he doesn't live in a hotel. The wink works, is so funny. Yeah, it works so, so well for me that, yeah, this knocks the pants, uh, the pattern pants off of Dan yeah. Flashes. Yeah, what I actually, what I, did Matt Stewart say? Yeah, I don't feel strongly about this one. I certainly wouldn't go to rocks for Dan Flashes, but we can go oh. to Matt Stewart or I can flip. So Yeah, so we're going to Matt Stewart, I guess. So he didn't divide the two Dan Flashes sketches. Oh. So, yeah, so, so, so the Dan Flashes sketch collectively gets that oh. strong ranking. Well, I don't think that's fair, though. Um, ah, flip, 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 yeah, flip, yeah. Flip. I'm yeah. flipping. I'm doing it. Yeah. Wow, like this triple, 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 oh, you fucking <laughs> tried triple, to rig this yes. shit. He's tried yes. to rig this shit. Yes. I didn't do shit. I, and uh, it, so you gave it credit for it. Also, was another tie, right? Didn't it just beat something in a tie? The no, other it lo it, no, it, it lost. Oh, it, it lost. lost in the tie. But there also it was getting the benefit of both sketches. Or maybe it got dragged out. I don't know. Uh, no, no, it, it was uh, collectively higher. Way, one other thing that Matt did in the chart he gave us was he has a come with guy and a fucking asshole for every episode. Wow. And I just, I do want to give him some oh. acknowledgement. His fucking asshole of episode one is Spectrum for cutting corncob TV and his favorite show, <laughs> Coffee Flop. True. And his fucking asshole uh, for episode two is Doug. What a fucking skunk. Amazing. <laughs> so, uh, right. so okay. flips 
and uh, diner friend advances yeah. and it will face uh, the last sketch in season in episode two, which we haven't got to yet, which is sloppy steaks. Uh, I don't think sloppy steaks is much of an introduction, but uh, just as a, a reminder for those who haven't seen it in a while, it's basically two sketches in one. At first, we're introduced to the man who used to be a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and then we see the baby look into his eyes and we get to experience it ourselves. Uh, kind of like uh, Dan Flashes, I would say, but uh, consecutively. Um, and then it's going up against Professor Eurobay, which is the first sketch of episode three, which is where a group of former college friends meet up for dinner with their old professor who uh, regrets his dinner choice. The this late, a, great I, Bob McDuff Wilson uh, yeah. playing Professor Urabe. Uh, this is my favorite sketch, and I think you should leave. This is my wow. favorite sketch of the whole show. Uh, the punchline of, uh, and I, I'm I'm a scared little boy who never knew how oh, to God. ask anybody for their food and their burgers. <laughs> and the worst thing is, if anyone found out, my wife would get arrested because every night I, a little boy goes down on her is just the most shocking thing that so has good. been said on that show up to that point for me. Um, the burger also doesn't even look that good in his <laughs> obsession with it. It's almighty. Um, yeah. The, I, the, uh, you're, um, uh, tell me you're going to assassinate the president. Oh, say yeah. it again. He is exceptional. And he is like, this is another where like Tim Robinson has like warged into this man, you know, like he is speaking with the voice of Tim Robinson in this immaculate, immaculate way. Clearly, this is and Tim a is role, playing a total straight man, in this total scene. straight yeah, man yeah. in like a like a, a bridge and tunnel, uh, you know, uh, what is it <laughs> like the people of Midtown, uh, you know, fleece jacket that he fleece vest that he's got. <laughs> um this is this is um if it's not the final role of his life it was among the final roles of this man I mean, it was this, a headline making role at least after he died this was this was a man who would be uh no longer with us less than a year after this came out uh -huh. and I think that he solidified himself as a as a Hall of Fame entry in a uh, uh post uh, 2000s comedy for me I'm all the way in on professor Yurbe sloppy steaks is a very fun thing to say. Uh, and the concept of the sloppy steaks is great. I don't think the sketch is all that great. And maybe that's my oh, hottest take is what? that I think sloppy steaks is probably for me the most overrated sketch. And I think, wow, so, let's slop up the steaks. My hair slicked back. Uh, there's some like there's actually some great cinematography and filmmaking to it that I think is pretty funny. But the stuff that people talk about with sloppy steaks is just like the slopping of the steaks. And like it's not like exactly lazy, but it's definitely <laughs> inferior to Professor Yurabe as far as ah, have you never told me our guest used to be a piece of the shit. <laughs> he still is. I mean, <laughs> you can still. you look at Josh's hair right now? <laughs> that's not a slicks back, that's pushed back. Yeah, that's pushed back. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Wow. I am all right, I'm I'm you chose violence. I'm gonna respond that way. The the, the final line. Of Professor you guys Yurbe. chose violence. You killed Carl Havoc. Carl <laughs> Havoc in the first round. You're going to kill um, Professor Yurbe too? I will literally on, leave the on. podcast. I will actually <laughs> find out. It's a very funny line, 100%. My issue is that Family Guy had the exact same line first, where Lois says, Peter, you're being a child. And Peter yes, says, you know what, I did, Lois? I if I'm a child, then you're a child molester, and I will not sit here and be spoken to by a pedophile. When was that? When was this episode of Family Guy? I don't know, like 2006 or whatever. Yeah, so right? a long and time that's, ago. And that's on you for watching Family Guy in 2006. <laughs> oh! <laughs> oh, I definitely watched Family Guy for way yeah. too long, but I think um, it's still on. Yeah. Oh, it's still on. These Fox oh, yeah. shows are never going to die. Who watches them, though? 
I don't know who watches The Simpsons. Like, what's the demographic? Right, same thing. Who watches the Simpsons? Who don't turn their TV off after us after football? Isn't this us being coastal elites? Like, I'm sure. I don't know. Canvas the country. There are people in Midland America who love these adult cartoons. But but it's just hold on. We have to defend sloppy steaks because Josh did this drive-by. We're talking about The Simpsons. I'm going to actively leave the podcast if Professor Yorbe dies here. You don't have to leave the podcast. I'll here. I'm going to rescue. The level of detail that um that that we get in like the description of how he used to be a piece of shit just it, it reminds me of like like eric Hyde, like heidecker's like describing the jazz musicians it, tim, it's like right is it tim <laughs> yeah it's tim or t- tim excuse me tim. Yeah, i don't, I don't yeah, think eric Wareheim has ever been on I think. he'd be great though he'd be great yeah. i think it's he's too busy on uh other now defunct netflix shows he's currently doing uh like a uh like a sandwich shop in los angeles i think it's a oh. pop-up it's uh called ps hoagies uh is what it's called look it up um, Do they have white wine and shrimp? <laughs> Probably not. Unfortunately, they dip the I, shrimp into the cup of white wine. Yeah, but but I, I, can't, I, I can't wait to, to review it and just go, all the food is poison. I just do white love, wine like, over sloppy steaks every day of the week, Mike. I, I, I like the ridiculous examples like white bathing suit, white couch. You would not have liked me back then. Um, New Year's Eve, live for New Year's Eve. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, th- this is the most embarrassing thing I can think I can possibly say about myself. When I was in like 11th or 12th grade or whatever, my AIM screen name was Pimpy12369. Oh, which oh, is, it, oh it's, it's terrible. That's the worst combination yeah, of things listen, I've heard that, in that my life. You, your baby knows that I used to be a piece of shit. Like, I honestly, like, I wish I could go back into my brain then and, and try and figure out like what the sequence of yeah. thoughts was. To it's, go to that, to choose that, to like message people. Like I, I, I said to Jen recently because I was thinking about that. I'm like, Jen, what would you have done if like some guy you barely knew like like IM'd you from that screen name? It's just she, crazy. Like, that well, a lot of people did at the time because yeah. It's just crazy that your high school screen name is my current Gmail password. <laughs> oh, John's about to get ducks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. So yeah, I'm voting for sloppy steaks, obviously. But but Av, it sounds like is on uh, Josh. Yeah. So here. sloppy steaks, I think, is a, is like a fun sketch. It's fun to quote. It's like silly. Um, the visual of like that video with the Vampire Weekend song, I think, is just like really, really well made and cool. Um, and just like very memeable and just like very evocative. Um, but the the professor, he's just like my favorite guy <laughs> in this season. Um, there's, there's no sketch that makes me laugh as give much as this guy. You're like, give me that. I'm joking. Me that. I'm uh, joking. Uh, I'm I'm joking. joking. It's just like nothing makes me laugh as much. I don't. The, Dylan, I'm going to eat the whole anything. thing. I'm eating the whole thing. Like are you going like to tell people I did that? That I yeah. housed Dylan's burger? That I housed Dylan's burger? Yeah, so before, before voting against lobby stakes, I will say, I happened to literally overhear today in my office two people talking about like where they were going for dinner, and they said they were going to Cipollini's. And I was like, holy <laughs> shit. And I went into my office and I Googled it. And there's a place right here in Manhasset called Cipollini's. Oh, wow. And it's wow. like an Italian restaurant. Where you can um, get a steak? They don't have any chicken spaghetti. You can, yeah, they can't stop you from ordering a steak and ordering no, a glass of no, water. But that, that, I have, wait, Cipollini's I have is where Grandpa got the chicken spaghetti. Yeah. Trafonis is where you get the sloppy steaks. If you push Professor Urabe past sloppy steaks, I will not pay for dinner at uh, Cipollini's, but I will go. I will will go. (laughs) Oh, I should have lied. I will go with you uh, if Professor Urabe gets to survive the round. There's linguine a la vongol. I don't know what vongol is. Is If that's chicken, then maybe that's Uh, chicken spaghetti. Let's see. A la vongol. 
Yeah, I do. Uh, it, um, sloppy steaks does beg the question. Uh, why it's don't clams. They just go, it's clams. It's clams. Uh, all right, it's close enough. Yeah. Um, why don't they just go to a different steakhouse? And <laughs> sloppy steaks for the first time. The steaks are just so good, and they're just like so uh, prone to the slop. Yeah, although I do kind of envision them like in like rural America, where like yeah. they're like completely disconnected from this the culture that they purport to be yeah. part of. They're watching Family Guy on Sunday nights. Yeah, <laughs> right. And there's just like so there is just like the one steakhouse. All right, so uh, Mike, how are you voting here? Just keep in mind, Mike, that we do a lot of podcasts <laughs> oh, together. Listen, I submit, <laughs> and that the longevity all... of the relationship is probably pretty important, well, right? I submit to all emotional blackmail here. I'm giving Josh not only my burger but my vote here. I'm going to go with <laughs> Professor Yerbe. Here's the thing: is that I actually, upon rewatching Dangerous Nights Crew, actually liked it less than I remember because I think to the point that was made earlier. We walk away with a lot of great lines there. I used to be a piece of shit. People can change, and it is again this like very surprisingly wholesome message in the end i do think the details in it are fun but actually i i thought we went into more details like we only went through the list a few times and i liked the image of them slopping up the steaks and the poor beleaguered waiters but i'll admit the the filmed version does not do it for me as much i think professor yurabe is less ambitious but ends up pulling off what it was going for. And I think to Josh's point is a symbol of your Rubens, your Crashmores as we're about to get to. Both of those actors end up breaking into, you know, uh, larger scale and Oscar winning films in part because like they just get picked out of a crowd by Tim Robinson. And so I kind of have to give it to Professor Yorbe as well of that overall representation of what the show can do. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. Shocking upset here. Uh, Matt Stewart ranked uh, sloppy steaks as the number one sketch of the entire season. Um, wow. And so uh, and fourth best overall, his top three are all in season one. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm reeling here. Both sloppy steaks and Dan Flash is out in the first round. Uh, shocking development for me. Diner friend going up against professor Eurobay here. Uh, Mike, you go first before Josh has a chance to uh, pressure you. <laughs> no, no, I mean, it, I think it's going to go to Yorubay here. I mentioned it before that Diner Friend easily wanted to match up to me, but it wasn't yeah. exactly a perfect Your style. Match. It wasn't exactly my style. Uh, no, the patterns got abandoned way back. Yeah, I think Professor Yorubay is a, a more of a clean cut sketch. And listen, there's no delicious food that's in front of Tim Robinson and his daughter. So I think the culinary aspect also gives it to Professor Yorubay here. Yeah, I love the little moment in Professor Yorube where he like is trying to record them, but like he doesn't record it in time and asks them to say it again. Yeah, and seeing his students is the most satisfying part of his job, and that he <laughs> does this is just wonderful. <laughs> all right, um, so are you guys all voting for Yorube? Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. Wow, the disrespect for Bob Odenkirk. So Yorube, uh, we were very respectful to Bob Odenkirk, yeah. but well, he's got, more yeah. of a David Cross person myself. Yeah. <laughs> he fooled uh, Jimmy. Jimmy fools you once; he doesn't fool you twice. Yeah. Professor yeah. Yorube takes it. All right, let's get to our our last uh, first round matchups on the left side of the bracket here. It's a uh, Crashmore. It's the trailer for Crashmore, which we will see is Santa starring in a gory action flick, and that's going up against Carbervac, where we will meet. Um, we will meet. It's the hot dog throat vacuum, and we bring back the character from Skip Lunch. Um, and this is where the famous line, you sure about that? You sure about that? That's why? You sure how come that's why? Yeah. <laughs> which which I am assuming I, I had shared, um, I think, with 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 the group in uh, who did the first episode, um, some article somewhere that talked about how 
he was Tim Robinson was explaining that a bunch of the lines from the show are things that his two year old says, and he just writes it down <laughs> verbatim. <laughs> and 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 I am sure that you're sure about that. That's why. Yes. Yeah. Has to be an example of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. And so yeah, so that's us. Uh, so we have it's Crash so more trailer going up against Carbervac. A uh, tough matchup. I gave both of these uh, the same number of pretties, a high number. So, uh, Av, who are you voting for here? Yeah, this is not a close one for me. Um, I, you know, this is again where you have to like do the the, the piece versus the whole. Um, to me, the trailer for Crashmore is the much less funny part of the Crashmore saga, uh, whereas the commercial is the more funny part of the hot dog choking guy uh, story. So, you know, this to me is just like so funny, it's so specific, very much reminds me of the of the lawyer in Has This Ever Happened to You, and that just like guy who took out a commercial for the most specific thing just to like tell his side of the story of something uh it's just so perfect it's so like expressive of just of this like uh insecurity it's perfect um the crash more it's i it's very one note i don't really love it at all um i think the the interview later i I'm, i'll be a bit higher on but for me it is an easy vote all right so carbervac gets a vote from av josh what about you I think ultimately I'm crash more, but I love the uh, uh, I had a cool job that I love. <laughs> this is one of my favorite lines of the whole show. But crash crash more, I think for me is iconic. Uh, you know, crash more doesn't depend on a sketch from a previous episode. Crash more is set up and resolved within the space of this episode, which I think is the best episode of the show, uh, pound for pound. So. Uh, tough battle uh any one of these episodes uh, any one of these sketches from episode three of season two i would be thrilled to see advance really far i'll i'm, I'm gonna be voting crash more here for sure the next one's gonna be harder for me josh yeah. or mike excuse me so josh right. one to one i was gonna say mike. like josh can vote yeah. again i suppose yeah. i got a second vote <laughs> voter fraud happening on this podcast uh yeah i mean listen you might as well because i'm gonna vote crash more here too it doesn't work for me in the beginning but the dumber it gets, the more I love it. Everything you know, yeah, sucked for me lately. Yeah, or quit running, damn it. And then like, yeah. he just falls over him after he trips over a garbage bag. Uh, you know, shooting him point blank with blood spattering his face. Are you dumb? Uh, <laughs> I, like the lines get better the further the sketch goes along. Harborvac, I think I like the first sketch better. This to me had a couple of fun lines, as you mentioned. But honestly, to me, it felt like a bit of a needless follow-up it has the least notes for me of any sketch it's because a it's short and b it's like okay this is just if i'm not even sure we have you know the dan flashes and the and follow-up in episode two and we have the Crashmore follow-up in episode three i'm a little confused as to why the the hot dog vac and my little buff boys get followed up in like episodes later yeah. for whatever reason if they feel like it can't be fit into the same episode that lack of fluidity to me also marks it against the Carber vac. So I'm going to block up the vac at this moment and suck up all the crash more I can. The only thing that I would say in response to that, Mike, is I think that like the season is like a movie. Uh, like you sit down and you watch the whole season. Like you can watch scenes from it and be really satisfied. But I think like this is one of those instances where Netflix is a million percent right for this to be a binge show because you just want to watch the whole thing and you're done in what, like two hours, not even probably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And so like, if that's what you're doing, then what happens like you with the hot dog in the first episode and the show, like you were just there. Yeah, you um, but but I, I think as far as like voting criteria, I'm all the way with you uh, on on that. Sure. Yeah, I mean, this could be one of these only shows that we could say, yes, it's an hour and a half movie that uh -huh, actually fits yeah. in with the runtime. That's right.
Yeah, I think my favorite part of the commercial is that, like, he even, like, sets up the scenario. Let's say they push lunch without asking, which shouldn't be allowed. Like, Which shouldn't be allowed. He's, like, just as much invested as, like, that point as selling the vacuum. Like, that's the purpose of the ad. It's great. It's great. I think it's really underrated, too. Uh, I think that that's a very underrated sketch. It's just it's up against Crashmore for me. Which And, is, and I'll, I'll say just to, to defend off for a second, he is right. Like, the, the, the Crashmore trailer is sort of one joke, which, you know, we don't get to the final scene of the sketch. But but it is very funny. And just sort of like the over cursing throughout the sketch is like just like is a I think you should leave trademark, I think, mm-hmm. um, which and obviously the fact that it's coming from Santa is, is very funny. But um, so Crashmore trailer is going to advance. And then uh, could we have a Crashmore versus Crashmore matchup? Uh, the press junket. This is where Santa does not want to discuss his other gig, but he is proud that he's earning two mil per week. Um, and then um, we have insider trading, which is we're at a trial for insider trading. We find out the two colleagues enjoyed um laughing at uh, at Brian and his flappy fedora who said that yeah <laughs> don't have to use the voice don't use the voice yeah um the, the second one like p- seeing like the shockingly stupid things that people text each other has been like <laughs> yeah. uh like a prime part of like all of these various trump related um uh trials and so uh you know that was very funny to me um unlike unlike uh, a couple of you i thought that the press junket was actually a little bit less funny than the trailer i just um you know, I don't know. I, I I didn't I didn't love Santa. I do unbelievable. Like, I do Un- like, as I'm taking my mic off. Unbelievable bullshit. Unbelievable <laughs> I like how they bring bullshit. sketches back in season two, but I'd crash more. I don't love that much. Um, yeah, so I'm definitely voting for insider trading here. I'm also going to vote for insider trading uh, because Crashmore's got representation already. So this doesn't break my heart. I can look at Crashmore as a unit going forward. Uh, the unbelievable unit here, Crashmore passing through. Uh, the insider trading sketch. There is a really strong argument that that is the best sketch of the season. I think. Uh, you know, it's 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 sort of this sweet spot. I think Crashmore for me is the best sketch where Tim's not in it at all. Uh, mm. of season two and I t- and like it's kind of in rarefied air there when I'm looking at my rankings I think the next one that doesn't have Tim in it at all is in 15th spot for me uh, I have Crashmore and the entirety of Crashmore at number four so it's like a big gulf there wow. for me if he's not there I'm, I'm I'm not all the way out but I'm a little less out, uh, less in than I than I was um, insider trading has this sort of blend of like the best of both of those worlds because he barely speaks, but he is, you know, the, the, the attorney is giving voice to all of the characters and she has this flat monotone voice that still exudes Tim Robinson. It's just like leaking out of the pores of the flat speech. It is hysterical and the hat with the safari flaps is unbearably good uh insider trading for sure passing for me on this one and Crashmore better look out yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm exactly right there with you um Crashmore junket for me I think is a very very funny joke um that like it takes like the first joke of like oh Santa Claus is like playing this like badass action star like okay interesting choice by Santa Claus and then like layers on top of that and then but also Santa Claus himself is kind of an asshole um <laughs> and like storms off the set it's like on- a cosmic gumbo <laughs> Yeah, to me, that's just like such a hilarious joke upon a joke that I love the way this show pulls off like no other show does. Um, But then inside 
insider insider trading to me is just next level um the the texts are just so good the like the way it just like pivots back and forth like the way that people do talk is just like so perfect um for the matter so of sad yeah. so 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 sad <laughs> and that and that weeks later they're still talking about the same hat is just like so devastating to him and rightfully so it's like it wasn't just like a one-time joke <laughs> this was like a running joke that they well, all have about me doesn't help when you walk around with dice or what may seem to be dice <laughs> i mean my my perhaps hot take is that my favorite shot in all of season two at least in maybe in, in all of i think you should leave is the rack focus of the initial reveal of brian's hat and <laughs> Ryan going, what the hell it kills me every single time it is so well done the reveal is brilliant I give it up to this woman who plays the attorney. It's very, uh, what's her name? Ethel Beavers, I think, from Parson Rec. Of like, there was so much comedy in reading something so flatly, and she adds yes. so much to the comedy by yes. just reading through these texts of laughing at Brian's hat. What did it for me that I didn't remember the last time out was when we get to the meeting and Brian attempting <laughs> to roll the hat down his arm like Fred Astaire oh, no. and getting in the caught of the get caught in the back of the wheelchair. I was howling on the ground just thinking about it and, and him um, like getting mad about the grease and how it ruins his hat yeah it was it's so so good the Crashmore interview i really enjoy as well the idea of like yeah the more you think about it maybe santa claus has seen all of us naked though i didn't realize that was sort of a capacity of his magic cosmic gumbo is something that i have well, mike you're in trouble because he's seen if you've got tattoos oh if listen you do, yeah you get no yeah. no christmas gifts for you this year it's Luckily, not good behavior that, Listen, I didn't get any in 2020 when I got the tattoo, so I am in the clear as long as I don't get it, get another one moving forward. Maybe that's why I don't. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, you know, Crashmore, it's it's very good to see, again, one of these, like, NPCs, random guys. To see him show up in Everything Everywhere All at Once was, like, one of the, my highlights of a very <laughs> highlight-worthy movie, to see Crashmore of, every, of all people show up there. But at the same time, insider training is just a perfect sketch, <laughs> in my opinion, of ridiculous yeah. imagery, escalation him serving as like both the straight man and the crazy man in that there is so much happening with the ridiculous stuff that he's wearing but at the same time he is like completely bum puzzled as to why he's being brought into this at the end of the day and i love the image of him kicking the dice over to the other guy to try to throw him <laughs> under the bus for it there's so many good things in insider training whereas crashmore has a lot of fun beats to it but the overture gives it to insider training for me all right, so insider trading uh, a second straight victory over Crashmore, and now it goes up in the Elite Eight against uh, Professor Urube. Yeah, so Professor Urube versus insider trading. Yeah, this is very, very close for me. Um, Professor Urube is my favorite character of the season, as I said, um, but I think there's just something about the way insider trading builds um, upon itself from like one, like, a to B to C um, is just like next level um, that makes it like really one of the top, um, you know, it should be in the final four. It's probably in the yeah. top four. Let's see, you know, let's see if it's even the top one. Um, it's it's really, really up there for me. Professor Yorube, I love. He's, I, I quote him all the time. I love that. I'm joking. I'm joking. It's like such a good concept to use just to like, oh, like the, I'm going to suggest something and like be able to take it back without joking. Like Donald Trump does this all the time, right? Oh, I was, he was obviously joking when I said that. Oh, it was, and you know, um, but it's just like people much less uh, obnoxious than him pull off this trick all the time of just gaslighting you. Like they like get to play both ways. Like if you liked it, it was a good joke. If you knew, like, oh, I was just joking. I was just joking. 
Um, anyway, um, but yeah, insider trading for me. All right, Mike, I, what about you? Yeah, so I've talked before about how I put Bay above something like uh, Sloppy Stakes because Bay was the like simpler yet more effectively done at succeeding at its rubric. But insider trading is the sketch that goes in with a complex idea, you know, relying on a lot of visual humor, utilizing flashbacks, and mainly putting the humor behind people that are not Tim Robinson and still succeeding. So in my opinion, because insider trading goes for the riskier acrobatic act and is able to end and stick the landing, I think it gets full marks from the judges here. Yeah. Okay. So your uh, your break com- uh, comes to an end in the Elite Eight, Josh. That's fine. I um I mean you did that while I was away uh, refilling my water, and so that's kind of like a really dick move. Um, but I'm not gonna fight you super hard on this insider trading. I really do think there's a very strong argument that it's the best of season two. So, uh, you know, Eurobay, uh, Eurobay made it far. I'm happy that Eurobay didn't go the way of Carl Havoc. Uh, that's okay. That's all right. Give me, all give right. me that. Give me that. Hat. He left the room, and we uh, we killed his guy. Yeah. yeah. All right, and then let's come back to Corncob TV. We, against we said Tour. nice things about him before we did, though. Sure, yeah. great, great. Uh, Corncob TV and Ghost Tour, which of those uh, sketches <laughs> from episode one are going to advance to the final four? Oh, man, I'm going to give it. Uh, I think it's going to go to Corncob TV for me. Uh, I think if we're going in the battle of the mature themes <laughs> of nudity versus profanity, <laughs> Allow me to go full bloom and give it to nudity every single time. I, just Court Cop TV, it benefits from, I think, being like the first, you know, post credits sketch of just absolutely being a wallop right from the beginning. And Ghost Tour is a fantastic way to round out the episode. But Corn Cop TV gets me each and every time. And I also love when Tim lampoons TV. That's why I love Has This Ever Happened to You of like him getting to make fun of commercials, whether it be the infomercial that then segues into him confronting his shady music producer tim tim robinson sending up tv is something that always tickles me so i'm going to continue yeah. the trend to give it to corn cop tv i think this is ceremonial because whichever one advances is going to lose to insider trading that's my take that's my at least for my vote that's my vote that's my vote but, but which um, one is the ceremony winner i think that i'm going to give it to the carl havoc killer uh, I will give it to Corncob TV. Corncob yeah. TV will uh, surpass Ghost Tour for me. And Av, what about you? Yeah, it's interesting. As we go, as we're going through these, it's like the the first episode of this season kind of matches up with the first episode of last ep- season in some ways. Like you have Corncob, who's kind of like the commercial, kind of like the has this ever happened to you? Um, it ends with Ghost Tour, which we kind of thought is similar to Gift Receipt. Um, you have in the the it, you know the lunch is like kind of the kind of like the the, the the tone of the season in a way, the way that the both ways is for season one. Um, so it's like, it's kind of interesting how it all it comes down to uh, these all coming against each other here. Um, I do ultimately go with Ghost Tour because um, it's, again, it's for me the one that is just like has that extra... Um, you know, pathos to it of just like you you feel for these characters in a way that and like with along with like the great laughs um, and like the wacky ideas and the elevation and the the characters. Um, Corn Top TV does all of that, and it's but it's like it's just silly. And Ghost Tour to me is like is that extra next level that makes like a a five pretty good Ghost. Uh, I think usually a sketch. I think I voted against Ghost Tour in each of its first two matchups, but I'm actually uh, Office convinced me I'm going to vote for Ghost Tour here. 
Um, which I think just speaks to if we redid this five times, we could get five different winners every time because all <laughs> the sure. sketches are great in different yeah. ways. If, if it was mixed up, if this was like sort of a randomized order, I think that we would be looking at a really different map. For yeah. sure. All right. So Corn Cob TV and Ghost Tour. I gotta go to, to Matt Stewart now since we're tied at two. Corn Cob TV, pretty, 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 pretty good. Full five pretties. Ghost tour also full five pretties. Wow. Yeah, uh, Corn well, Cob TV. We've given Matt Stewart way too much power once again. Yeah, well, but he keeps picking. I mean, but we're doing a good job because these are like the top uh, sketches yeah. according to him. Um, Corn Cob TV, he ranks as the fifth best uh, sketch of the season, 11th best overall. Ghost Tour, he has fifth best overall, second best of the season behind wow. the sloppy stakes. Okay, Ghost Tour. So yeah. Ghost, Ghost Tour just us. edges. Wow. And goes up against insider trading where where Josh thought it was a big underdog. Uh, Matt, I guess disagrees. Mike, what do you say? Or or should we do the other side of the bracket before we do this uh, championship? Uh, this yeah, let's let's yeah. Uh, let's let's take give a rest to the first uh, half. Of the yeah, season so we'll come yeah, to, let's leave these guys here and, and right, go let's... well and and you know maybe go to uh, unfortunately perhaps uh, some of the the sloppier sides of the season. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. So episode four only has three sketches. One of them is like I think the longest sketch. Uh, and and one of my favorite sketches, but we'll get to that. Uh, before we get there, we have Jamie Taco. Oh, it has a buy. Excuse me. So yeah, we do have Blues Brothers gets Calico cut pants. Blues oh. Brothers, a man tries to save an awkward social <laughs> gathering with a Blues Brothers dance. Uh. The dog doesn't like it. Um, <laughs> and then and then Calico cut pants. I don't even know how to describe this. I mean, it's like a website that pretends to sell pants that look like you dripped pee on them, but then you know. We have a much longer uh, time spent with our friend Mike O'Brien from SNL. There's a lot going on there. Uh, Josh, you vote first. Who do you prefer between these two sketches? Uh, I think that this is another one where, again, I, I refer to the randomizer if we were using that because I think both of these are very, very funny. Calico Cut Pants is like a very special sketch, I think. Mm -hmm. the Like top mm -hmm. to bottom, front to back. Not even necessarily one of the most quotable ones, even though it has one of the most quotable lines, but the construction of it and the revelation of Tim Robinson, how he goes from savior, he shows up as guardian <laughs> angel and he ends this thing as fallen angel. He may be Beelzebub. He may be Lucifer himself. He goes to hell. You hit me in the cup. Uh, it's got to go calico cut pants. You got to give. Uh, but the Blues Brothers watching it today destroyed me. I was like, I'm not Blues Brothers. It's just... Connor O'Malley is so incredible as an asshole on this show. Oh yeah, like He's, that's that's what he yeah. is accustomed to play with his little like floopy 2006 hair. I absolutely <laughs> love it. Uh, one of my favorite Tim Robinson line readings to Josh's point, and has always stuck with me. In the first time I watched this show, is it's just me, Barbie. I'm not the Blues Brothers. I think he said, I'm not Blues Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> and also him consistently dancing while everything is going to shit around him. The dog keeps barking. This confused child walks in is so funny and so, again, simple. But I was like that, that kid walking out, Mike, was like Sawyer watching his parents die. You know, like, yeah. it, was like it had that, that level of trauma baked into it. He's going to be named naming himself the Blues Brothers as uh -huh. he goes to con people years from Dear now. Mr. Blues Brothers. <laughs> but Calico Cut Pants is one of my favorite sketches. And I think you should leave history. First off, love Michael Bryan. I think much like Tim Robinson, a really fantastic, eclectic guy. One of my favorite low-key sketches he did on SNL was him interviewing bugs on the street and like that's the type of humor that both Tim and I go for and this sketch just builds so beautifully with again this odd thing where you think it's a commercial for these pants that have two dots on them that are apparently <laughs> some sort of factory error instead of to masquerade the fact that you didn't shake 
uh, before you left. And then it just devolves into like misery. <laughs> to, like some sort of odd Rosencrantz and Guildenstern waiting for Godot-esque two-man show with an auto-playing video <laughs> that doesn't turn down in volume. I don't do volume stuff. <laughs> to Tim's also the painstaking time he spends responding to is it loud and he just goes no yeah but like looking at his face of him like legitimately saying like I can't believe he would ever ask that I, I never even thought about the idea of volume and but Mike O'Brien has so many great lines who don't send me videos of loud wrestlers uh, is so funny but to get some pathos of Tim having a wife who just keeps eating batteries but he's also funneling all of his money into Dan Flashes. But then you also then get the horror-based ending, a little bit of an invasion of the pod people, that it turns out that this guy recruited all the men in the immediate circle of this office to give as he walks into this hellacious landscape or Kramer's apartment when the Kenny Rogers <laughs> Roasters was outside, yeah. stepping into hell to talk about how essentially this man is a demon that has brought everybody down to the nine level of hell alongside him. It goes in so many directions. And to me, it is a masterpiece of sketch comedy. It's like the sequel to fight club in a way. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, so I think, I think Calico cut pants uh, is like such a clear uh, front runner right now for this corner of the bracket. I think that this corner of the bracket we're in right now feels really straightforward to me. Uh, like, uh, is it going to beat out Jamie Taco? Like pretty clearly, right? Jamie Taco. Am I out of Am I out of line if I say I don't really like Jamie Taco all that much? I like the the meat of the taco, which is like actually <laughs> getting to see him go into you know actually getting Jamie Taco get brought into it and seeing this like hotshot stick boy wearing a mop of hair being the one to get in this guy's way. Otherwise, yeah, it's a little bit of like a weak lead-in in my opinion of like, well, uh, it's so long. It's really long. And this is the episode, right? That has like three sketches in it. Yeah, uh, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. It's... Well, well, Calico is pretty long as well. It's it's the yeah. combination of those two and the one sketch. It's an interesting choice to do that. But like, who the hell knows how they. But, but Calico has Tim prominently featured, you know, uh, yeah. is a really big difference. And I think uh, Paul Walter Hauser is very funny. And I think the I gotta go is pretty good at the end too, but you, it's a long way to get there. I love it's the random throw in at the end that this group of adult men were going to have a sleepover in sleeping bags. Yeah. Them panning the over. Floor. Yeah. To be like, he never sleeps over. It's my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I don't but know why I, we're I talking do, about that. Like that's weird. I, I do agree with you, Mike. Like there's um something I, I've spoken with, uh with my friend, uh, our mutual friend, Av, Amir about a lot is like mm -hmm. sort of the stupid trope of like of like married men sitting right. around like shitting on their wives right. the old ball and chain yeah exactly yada, yada, like, yada. yeah like everybody yeah everybody has to, and so it's like no my wife is normal and like lets me do things and it's yeah. like it's fine and yeah. we, we have like a normal adult relationship where we have lives together and independent lives and it's normal well because she's shown you support even when like when jamie taco was stealing your lines right? <laughs> exactly right but, she was yeah, there and so and yeah, she so coached I, me i do love how we up on that stupid trope uh yeah paul walter hauser is phenomenal i i was I, like i think i know him from i tanya is the yep. first place i know sure. him from yep um but um yeah so he's very Did good I, any of you watch blackbird uh the apple tv plus true crime show with taron edgerton he uh paul walter hauser is like the he won an emmy for this he plays uh, oh. he plays this terrifying series he was player. richard jewell right yes correct yes. Yeah, yeah 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 and he's, he's, a, he's a really he's a, he's a really Clans versatile also, I, I heard he, he was also got... he was in a tanya harding movie as well right Did yeah he was in that? i tanya yeah, uh, okay. I, I heard though he only got the part because he spoke the lines the quickest quickest in the audition room i think that's correct <laughs> 
think Mike's right. Mike got yeah. the scoop. Oh, and I, 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 yeah, I also love it as the polar opposite of the Cecily Strong sketch from season one of like actually yes. to have an incredibly caring wife for this guy. I yeah. think it's more fun than funny though. Uh, and I think Calico Cut Pants is just everything the show does well compacted into maybe not necessarily a neat little package but a really impressively done what like seven minutes of comedy but it's a it's a swing for that reason right like i think like because it's like we're gonna make a short movie on this one is like you know and yeah. if you keep waiting for it to end and it just refuses to end uh is very very funny about calico cut pants yeah. The only slight demerit I give to it is that calicocutpants.com is not an actual website. I checked. <laughs> Which, like, I love how John Oliver always creates the fake no websites. No one's, like, bought the URL. Someone yeah. has the URL. No, I went I went to it, but, like, it was just, like, you can't buy Uh-oh. it. Uh-oh. Did it go dark? Yeah, it was the problem. <laughs> they not, just can't. Because can people not weren't giving. I thought I looked it up earlier. It? One second. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to look Listen, again. Av, did you give? <laughs> I did not give. I did not wow, give. I'll admit. Hey, Debbie, what's going on? You wore that dress yesterday. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We talk about hold yeah. that door, but I love there is a website loud regarding of various it's get getcalicopants.com. No, but but on the, web, on the show, it's calicocutpants.com. Okay, so it's a different website. Everything yeah. is sold out, obviously, yeah. and they are all different colors and versions of pants with p dots on them. Mm. I, um, I will say. You, oh, then you click. It says. You got to give. If nobody gives, it goes dark. Venmo, click to donate to the Chicago Coalition for the Homeless. Oh, oh well. that's nice. Oh, so no, there is a website. They are, the, there is a the website. The the some actual like, like philanthropy it. behind this. No, guys, if, we're, it, we're taking that at its word. I mean, <laughs> instead of complaining about the homeless, I don't know. You I, give. I, I trust Mike the Rock Davis from the WWW. <laughs> So um, it does. Uh, so what's coming next doesn't really matter, though, right? Like everyone sees this pretty clearly. It's credit card roulette versus Johnny Carson. These are two of the worst sketches of the. I of the kind season. of agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think Carson. The Carson line, is like, horrible. The line he can hit is funny, but it right. it just doesn't work. And I ordinarily love John Early. Shout out to Search Party, but it yeah. doesn't. Weakest of here. the season. And yeah. just to set the table, so Johnny Carson bullet. is the sketch with the celebrity impersonators at a yeah. impersonators at a party <laughs> allowed to hit at a certain. They're price. allowed to hit or hit not hit depending on yeah. the price point. Matt, right. Matt, 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 yeah. Matt, this guy, Matt, uh, Matt Alex, he's the main male lead in '86, the Cassie David show that we did a podcast about. Nice. Oh, okay, interesting. Plays, I didn't know that. He's like the main guy. Um, credit card roulette. Uh, John Early does like his usual fantastic job of being an asshole in the sketch. Yeah. My issue with this is they search party. They violate credit card roulette 101. All right. As a person who just recently played credit card roulette and lost an enormous amount of money. <laughs> oh, no. oh, well, you should have just you should have just came up with a lie. I should have lied. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, yeah, we um we, we were six of us. We went to this like omakase restaurant. It was like insanely expensive. And then somebody and then as we we're taking out our credit cards, somebody realized we all had the exact same card. And so we said, oh, OK, credit card roulette. And it was a five and six chance of a free expensive dinner, which is great except for the one in six chance that you're paying for everybody's expensive dinner and your wife is not very happy with you. But anyway, the flaw that they screw up in the sketch is a person at the table isn't allowed to pick the card. Like you could feel the cards. You got to have the waitress do it, right? That's right. Yeah. A third well, copy. I don't know. The, the the hilarious waiter brothers were working on another routine. So yeah. they couldn't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> also that the, that the result of what happens is that now this guy picks up the whole tab as opposed to like everyone else just pays their own way. Like, let's just call the whole thing off. Would like, obviously be, I think, the way to go. So yeah. like, it doesn't really make sense, yeah. um, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't uh, think- But I would vote for credit card roulette over Johnny Carson. 
Uh, I think so, yeah. Just because it's like Johnny Carson, like even the payoff is like you get to see a guy hit a guy. Like I don't want to see that. Like it, just... yeah, it it really like sure credit card roulette because it's gonna lose to what's coming up next. So it doesn't really matter. We oh, can just like credit card. Yeah, let's just yada yada to the next oh, part, yeah, which is you know, it's going is up a, against this parking is a, lot. This is a powerhouse. I, don't, I didn't yeah. even realize this. Yeah, this is yeah. A it's getting it's about to get ran over by a man who doesn't know how to drive a car. Fittingly enough, yeah. So parking lot This is very hot god. Yeah, the. The credit card roulette who ate the parking lot who's going to get mm-hmm. swallowed by California. Correct. Contents. Yes, that's why I said earlier. Yeah, we all yeah. see what's about to happen, right? Like, very queer. Parent. All right, so Josh, you're voting for parking lot over credit card roulette, right? I agree uh, with that. The, with, like, just, you know that the whole thing stems from the idea of, like, when you get road rage and you shout to no one in particular, <laughs> you know how to fucking drive? And yeah. then the answer is, no, no, I don't. And I'm so scared. Like, the idea of, like, how we have, uh, we can have, we could donate to the homeless shelters. We could do so much good in the world. And yet we are all like monsters when it comes to driving sometimes. And like, you can have so much empathy for so much in the world, but you don't have empathy for the person who's like driving a little erratically. In this case, it turns out like, he's like basically just like an, a scared little boy who got behind the wheel and doesn't know what's going on. Uh, it's such a funny concept, except that little boy is a grown ass uh, Tim Robinson. Not everyone knows how to do everything. Okay, driving isn't yeah, the only thing. Driving isn't the only thing. I yeah. love the image of him being told to grab the steering wheel, and apparently it hurts, like it burns him. <laughs> I mean, this could be because I was like a expect- vampire touching a cross. Well, that's the thing. I was totally expecting some sort of motorcycle cold open ending where it's like, oh, it turns out he's an alien. Because yeah, how did he wind up in a car and drive it if he has no idea how to drive? Was this a boy that rapidly accelerated into a man like an episode of Star Trek. I'm not entirely sure, but it's also like interesting. Jack, Robin Williams. Exactly. But it's interesting to see how this completely irredeemable asshole, I'm not sure if he made um, Matt's list for this episode, but like this guy just <laughs> screaming at his wife in the beginning of the episode actually <laughs> softens the more he realizes the plight of this poor man. Uh, you know, not completely. He's not like, you know, uh, the, the rootable hero by the end of this, but like to actually see him matter of factly think, oh my God, this guy has no idea of what he's doing. It's a very small sketch, especially compared to like, to my opinion, the much superior driving sketch, which is a honk if you're horny and obviously an even more superior driving sketch that we'll get to very soon. But I think this is going to kind of be by default, be the best episode of the best sketch of episode five. All right. And um, okay. So we have parking lot advancing over credit card roulette then. And now parking lot faces calico cut pants and uh, gets run over by calico. Yeah. Cut pants. Yeah, yeah. 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 We all yeah. agree. Okay. Yeah. All I right. agree with that. I will. I will say Jamie Taco. I just didn't get a chance to say, I do love the way he just like tapped into, uh, I know the, the insecurity I often find myself having in, uh, in relationships and conversations of like letting the other person get in the, in the, either the first word or the last word or whatever it is. And like, not, you know, being the sayer of the lines. It's, it's very, uh, Mark Zuckerberg in the social network. Um, if you were the sayer of the lines, then you would have been the one who have said been said the lines, um, which like I just really love. And like, because a lot of times, yeah, like that's how life works. Like the one who like does it gets the prize and like gets the credit and they're the ones who said it. Um, and I thought it was just like a really clever way of like showing that feeling. Um, but yeah, Calico Pan still in a, in a, in a rut. Uh, I love that's That sketch is just like, as everyone says, like, um it's it's the show going for home runs and like in this case like really hitting one yeah i think for the 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 we're moving on to the next part of the bracket here right uh we're getting into little buff boys the commercial which is so strange being in here i think this little corner 
has uh, an even easier path to victory than Calico Cut Pants. Interesting. All right. I'm curious yeah. to see that. I'm going to not spoiler myself. I'm just going to go. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, uh, listen, if we're, so it's Little Buff Boys commercial versus this space restaurant, right? Which is like this Mars. What's the year? What's the year that we used to be attached to that New York staple? Yeah, yeah I don't like either of these sketches. I think, yeah. it, I think it works okay. It doesn't work for me at first, but again, it comes down to specificity. I get really tickled by this guy's girlfriend's mom having to drink puke for a local radio show, the Davian Rascal show to get school supplies. And like her matter of fact reply of she had a standing invitation really did tickle me. I think it, this veers a little more to me on the side of like loud doesn't always necessarily mean funny and how Tim Robinson's really able to thread that needle where Tim Heidecker maybe isn't able to with him just bellowing at this kid. I did think for a second that like this hollowed eyed kid could pass as, you know, one of the stranger things, body doubles kids, especially the older they get. I'm, I'm an upvote for the little buff boys commercial in, in this case, because of the matchup, I think. Um, but the, the space restaurant and I love Tim Heidecker. I think he's hysterical. I don't really love him in this. I, I think just like the, 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 I don't know, uh, just like goes a little too far for me, but it contains between these two episodes, the funniest moment, I think, which is when like the guy who's the Martian is just like this kid who comes out. He's like, <laughs> I can't even really hear anything back there is very funny. But I think uh, I think that the little buff boys, you get through it faster. Uh, and I really do find the space restaurant kind of excruciatingly long. OK. Um, and what, Mike, who did you vote for again? I voted for Space Restaurant. I'll be the okay. lone holdout right, so here. It's a one-to-one. Av, what about you? Yeah, so, Mike, I, if I recall, I thought you have, like, a thing with, like, babies, right? Or adult, <laughs> adults as babies or something, it's, right? Yeah, adults. But yeah, so it's not yeah. a problem. So with, where does, like, baby... baby it's not a problem. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where's, like, where does, like, Little Buff Boys and Baby of the Year fit into that? Um, I, they're they're babies. Uh, you know, it's, and even when babies. the people die, they don't die as babies, so it's fine. <laughs> if there were grown adults walking out there, and it's more so the opposite in this case, right, where it is boys wearing goose suits to appear as jacked men so i have no problem with that now reverse that equation uh-huh. i'm going to start having to vomit into buckets to give to moms that are thirsty for school supplies uh-huh. Gross. <laughs> uh yeah so as i said i don't like either one of these sketches at all like i don't like little buff boys the fact the fact that we're doubling down on little buff boys i have no interest in um mars restaurant i have no idea what's even going on in this sketch um these are like two of my least favorite sketches of the season it's it stinks that they're going up against each other um so that one has to advance um i'm gonna vote for mars restaurant but i'm really voting for game night then i'm mm. then i'm voting for mars restaurant as well so as not to risk a tie let's just move on from these <laughs> well no there's no tie I, i'm gonna defend it i really like this sketch um I, I, tim heidecker is always good oh, so is he unanimous yeah, it's, sure, it's, yeah. I was gonna let's say call, if anyone voted against it, in. I was gonna go to podcast reviews and say that I found a Lego head in my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good idea. It works every um, time. The only issue I have, it's like it's very predictable. Like when they're going around table to table, you know they're gonna get to table five, and you know that Tim Heidecker is gonna go like overreact and go ape shit. Um, but it's still great when he does. My the other thing that sort of frustrates me about the sketch is like I'm the whole time I'm staring at him, I'm just thinking of the jazz guy at game night, which was where like, be your perfection. nutcracker? Yeah. <laughs> Um, but it's yeah, not like but we'd I'll, already done, you yeah, know, we'd but, done Tim Heidecker already. Yeah, like, so, uh, love Tim Heidecker, but like, give somebody else a shot. Okay, so Space Restaurants, it goes up against the first sketch from episode six, Huge Dumps. Uh, a guy named Luca hires a guy to impersonate another guy in his office and pretend to take huge dumps. Um, <laughs> He's done it 150 times. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Jerry ever sifted anyone's panties. You were with him 24-7 in the cartoon. Uh, all that having been said, I don't really love Huge Dumps. I'm voting for Space Restaurant here. 
Oh, wow. I mean, I'm definitely voting for huge dumps, but just to yeah. make it to the next round. Uh, I'm going to vote for Space Restaurant. Wow. I think. To me, huge dumps starts off really strong and then drops off perhaps like the dingleberries from uh, what's his name? Uh, Dave's uh, not or, or or I guess uh, Rodney's, but with his wildly high voice. I think for me, it like stopped being funny with the wife's panties stuff. When he starts getting to like, can I have a few moments? Oh, I'm meeting this guy with a bike stand who lives 200 miles away. I'm channeling Rob Sternino and I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, this is one of those rare tangents that doesn't necessarily work. And the button is also pretty weak as well of not realizing the voice of the doppelganger that you hired. It started strong for me with, you know, when he hugs the wall and crab walks from the back, he looks like him. But I think for me, Space Restaurant is going to like slowly be a small level, really by a nose above huge dumps. But I don't feel good about either one of these. Uh, what say you? Yeah, so uh, I, I hear the criticisms of huge dumps. Um, I just really love the specificity of like the prank of hiring an actor to play to take huge dumps so that people in the office will think that some guy in the office takes huge dumps. They like, crap it's such, walk the exact same yeah, way. It's such a subtle joke to do on someone. It's like a very like Jim from the office joke to do on Dwight. I, um, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna lose whatever it's up against next. Uh, but if it if it doesn't make it past this round, if it loses here, I think that it's it's sort of doing the uh, the the whoopee cushion joke from season one. Pink bag, pink bag. Uh, yeah, it's doing pink bag, but worse for sure. Uh, but there's like yeah, a little bit of that. like the same energy of like uh, he's like I I think I just need to go home and be with my family <laughs> and go to a lot of restaurants. Uh, like that's very uh, close to like the permission to go home and lie down and watch TV so my face isn't so red for my family photo. Uh, so it's really doing uh, a similar bit. I just think that it's I, I just don't like the spice restaurant. I think yeah. Yeah. Funny. I also like I love the claim that he makes about Tom and Jerry and that his defense <laughs> of it is that well you weren't with him 24 7 which yeah. is like okay then I could claim any <laughs> think about any show except like i guess the truman show sure uh, do you think that this character yeah. did a pseudo bozo dubs over of like jerry dubbed over about right. sniffing the wife's panties i would like to see that yeah, uh, yeah he's right. like probably so, just take the bozo does the dub mike and, uh, and he, edit it over a tom and jerry episode also yeah, the, the, the oh, fuck the way the way he also goes from everyone knows that the jerry sniffed women's panties to like, like really he's like it's like well you don't know maybe like one time cheese fell in there it's like he like de-escalates his claims so quickly when he's challenged to like oh this is just something that happened to matter of course to like well maybe it happened the one time you can't prove it never happened yeah all right. Well, uh, uh, with Hobbs vote, it's two to two. We go to Matt Stewart, who didn't love either of these. Uh, Space Restaurant, he gives three pretties to. He ranks it as the 40th best sketch overall, but Huge Dumps is the 50th best. Is okay. A, is a, so, yeah. Sure. So uh, right. Sometimes the way the bracket runs, you know, we have two elite matchups in the uh, sketches in the first round, and we have Space Restaurant into the Elite Eight, maybe not deservedly. Our final two first round matchups are from episode six. We have Driver's Ed against Tammy Craps. Driver's Ed is the video about a distracted driver whose job is tables. We have Patty Harrison is back as the professional tableist. These tables are how I yeah. buy my house. They keep my house hot. 
I, I honestly Kruger stepped all over my table. I, I don't so understand. I don't understand why her job is so confusing. Like she's like you, you can, I actually just rented the, the last week. I rented four tables from some person on Facebook marketplace for like a little party we're hosting. So yeah, she like, obviously rents tables too. Yeah. It seems like a pretty straightforward I mean, job. <laughs> luckily this, this seedy looking guy is going to, you know, taunt her later with the exposition. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's just that the idea is Gen Z doesn't understand. The life tables. of the local table merchant. I guess so. But yeah, but I, but, uh, and then Tammy Craps, of course, it's a great doll for girls who weigh at least 60 LBs because if you weigh less than that, the deodorizing poison that eliminated the farts of their heads could possibly uh, it's, be it's dangerous. It's like smoking five Macanudo cigars a day. I think uh, that's my favorite is that's a lot. No. Yeah. It's a good way to decompress lighting one up. Like I, <laughs> nothing kills me more than kids saying adult things it's why i really love wonder shows and it holds such a, a soft place in my heart that you know bereaved mtv2 show so for some reason it works well and has like a surprisingly dark ending with this girl basically consigning her fate of being <laughs> yeah. poisoned uh, by that felt very dystopian like that felt like something out of like brave new world that moment um the uh the actress who plays uh the the kid the lead kid in julia Craps, butters julia butters julia i butters. had to look her yeah. up also because she's she's, so good. she's the star of once upon a time in hollywood and she's in the Fablemans. like she's terrific that's gonna be a person like that's somebody yeah. whose career is gonna be one to she, watch i think she's amazing yes um very funny tammy craps but also tables i mean <laughs> that's so a pretty good. pretty good uh pretty good sketch i don't know i'm a little torn here between uh driver's ed and tammy craps yeah i mean i love the julia butters of it all obviously the rest of it is just like kind of weird and creepy to me i don't really understand fully the joke of tammy craps um like I, why like she used to have farts well, in her head um, they fired are you that over, guy. 60, like, you over 60 lbs i am i am unfortunately just a bit over 60 lbs um last time i checked um but yeah i mean so yeah i guess i i wouldn't die from using tammy crafts but i really completely get what's going on here uh tables is like not to me like an, a great sketch um i do love it that like i feel like kind of what is happening here and maybe maybe this is obvious or maybe this is crazy that like this guy was like he's like produced these videos and like he made the first one and everyone was asking about the tables and then like he made the second one and they're still asking about the tables so then he makes the third one where he explains the tables yeah to like resolve the story because so like, no one asks it anymore. So then people but stop then, but then asking he about the table. To show it in this particular order. Well, yeah, because like, and now it's like, like you don't like spoil. Like it's like watch the show, right? Like I want, and I watch shows with my daughter. She like always asks me like, what's gonna happen? I'm like, watch the show. Like that's what we're doing here. Like don't ask me who's gonna win this season. Like watch the show. That's the point of the exercise. Um, so he's like, it'll be explained. Just watch, just watch the videos. You'll you'll find out the answers to all your questions about tables. All right. Yeah. So are we are we at two to two right now? I think, um, I'm a, I think I'm a vote for driver's ed. I'm driver's ed, even I'm, though I'm, I don't I'm, love it. I'm voting driver's ed, too. For me... Oh, wait, this... Tammy Craps is out? Tammy Craps is out. What? Tammy well, Kraps she is shouldn't out, have like... put the, 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 the stones in her pockets. You know what? This is the maddest I've ever been. Oh, without Julia Butters, it's a bottom. See, that's, that's the thing, is that line kills me. And I love the swerve, uh, car pun wow. unintended, at the end, that, like... Of course, it's it's Patty's character that is the one to cause the accidents by being distracted the first two times. And then it's just like this regular conversation and this guy's livery of this is the maddest I've ever been. And that he's the cause, like a legitimate twist. I will say a table falls apart for me in that like, I don't know, these these impudent little kids in mm -hmm. driver's ed. The one thing Tim Robinson says is don't ask about the tables. The tables aren't that weird, in my opinion, that the kids are like. I'm really curious about her job. For some reason, they really fixate on the tables. 
This is yeah. Tammy I salute my their willingness to of question authority. Uh, you know. I mean, I guess yeah. The future is safe in their hands. Yes, correct, correct. Tammy Craps is your favorite of the season. No, my fifth, my my fa- my top five sketches of the season all went out in the first round. It's Dan oh. Flashes, Sloppy Steaks, Tammy Craps, um, and then um, Calico Cut Pants, which is still going. Well, but, I think Calico Cut Pants is going to the finals, so, yeah, so you may we'll you right. may have a really good shot. So let's live on. Who, who Unlike will Driver's Ed face the last two sketches we have yet to this talk is- about. Yeah, this is another like whatever. Choose whichever one. Con- conference room to me is the worst sketch of the season. It, it, Tim's character takes an off stroke too far. He creates a big wave. Reminds him of the time Julie gave him Cho jeans as a gag 45th birthday gift, even though her <laughs> husband's loaded. Yeah, the, the Cho jeans is, in my yeah. opinion, the best thing about it. Like, was it 54 waist, 10 inch legs? <laughs> so it, it, listen, even the worst sketch of the season, you know, Josh is still laughing uproariously. Oh, man. At my, uh, and then Claire's, Claire's is the training video before you hit yours, Pierce to Claire's. Uh, a couple of years ago, I ordered my wife a Sibian. So what is yeah. a Sibian? I wondered, is this a thing? Should I have known? <laughs> oh, I knew exactly what it was. You didn't know? Are you being serious? Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, uh, uh, what about Josh? Mike, am I the only ignorant one here? <laughs> I'm not going to talk about this. Okay. Well, uh, I, I didn't know what it was. So I Googled it and I will read from the Wikipedia entry. And there's a helpful image, by the way, a Sibian is a type of masturbation device. <laughs> it consists of a hollow saddle, like seat containing two electric motors, motor speed controller boards, gearing pulleys, and a platform on cranked <laughs> axles, such that a ridge at the top of the unit can be made to vibrate the range of speeds. Once I saw, I'm like, okay, I'm familiar with this as a thing. I just didn't know what it's called. I didn't know that's a worm. So, so no, I'm not as. No, usually as I just use five macanudo cigars. <laughs> Let I me ask you guys another him. question. Like, I think I should leave. How did they get away with using Claire's real name in this sketch? I was. Uh, it's a little bit like the SNL Netflix, stuff, baby. Right? Like, I'm a little surprised that these companies are agreeing to these endorsements. Uh, yeah, that <laughs> knowing the, perhaps the, the guy with the Sibian next to like the nine year old girl getting her ears pierced. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. Well, they're, um, they, 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 the, the, I like the joke that like ear piercing places have two customers, like yeah. seven year old girls and forty five year old men. Yeah, it's funny. This, I, um, this one I, legitimately like uh, emotionally stirred me with the Ron talking about how he believes when you die, you do like a montage of all the moments of your life for all eternity, and so he is fake laughing for 10 minutes every day <laughs> to trick his dead self into thinking he had a better life than he actually did. It's dark. It's incredibly haunting, more so than any ghost tour you could be on. Yeah, I think that um, the there's probably, so I, I tend to lose speed when I get to the end of season two. I think so does the season. Yeah, and maybe. and uh, conference room, I think, is like a dime a dozen sketch. Like this, if this was SNL, like this is at the rehearsal uh, and doesn't make it to the live show. I feel like. Oh, this one's in the rehearsal. I, I didn't know. Yes, that. yes. Uh, it's a it's a very important they, scene. Actually. They did seven versions of the meeting where yeah. they, they he wanted to see yeah. how everyone reacted to him throwing over the table. Yeah, um, a lot of people actually got hurt in the making of the conference room. Yeah, scene. yeah. I agree, I agree. This whole like bottom right corner is not great. It's um, not, but I think that Claire's b- because I lose steam and I don't really like. I kind of just like get through Claire's. I bet I could revisit Claire's in sort of like the right attitude and there would be a lot of funny stuff to pull from it. I think that there's some audacity to ending the season this way. I don't think it totally works, but like I, I, I'm not mad at sort of the note that he wants to send you out on is this guy like telling you what he's learned from life while he's getting his ears pierced at Claire's uh, I, is, is a funny note, but like 
it's just I, not I will totally say well. right now as part of my living will and we can all be testament to this uh if i die can you please put me in a jib jab so that people okay. will be confused as to whether or not i'm alive <laughs> yeah i think yeah. so so i'll i'll put a vote on big wave i'll be the lone vote for big wave if that's how it goes um oh, okay. i don't i don't think any of these are like amazing um i do love the way big wave um like you know that the, the notion of like the person who just goes like that one beat too far on a joke um it is the asshole where it's like it's it's very similar to ghost story this is similar ethos of like the guy who's just like he wants to make the joke he's seen other people do this and they laugh when that guy does it but like i try to do the same thing and it doesn't land and i'm the jerk um obviously in you know in very uh ridiculous and exaggerated form but like it's um it's like oh it's just a classic insecurity that i think this really taps into that i really like here so i'll uh i'll bid to do with a vote for it um and uh I'll, I'll allow claire to advance against my better judgment okay so claire's advances three to one and now claire's against drivers ed for the final spot in the elite eight uh, oh yeah. yeah i think drivers ed here i think drivers that is drivers, is, much ed, more drivers, funny and is, drivers ed's gonna speed along with its tables up to calico cut pants yeah, right? yeah, yeah the right. teenagers yeah. beat little girls any day of the week Okay, and so then drivers ed against space restaurant, and you guys are all voting for yeah. drivers ed. Yeah, I yeah, think yeah, so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tables versus okay. table five. Yeah, space restaurant. I have no. I still don't even understand what's happening. <laughs> all right. So our final four: we have ghost tour from episode one, insider trading from episode three, calico cut pants from episode four, and drivers ed from episode oh, six. Oh man, I feel like one dies quickly, and then I'm like, I'm gonna be really sad about uh, one of the other two. But yeah. like, calico cut pants is going to the finals, right? It's got so, it. to me. It, it clearly is. Yeah. Yeah. Dri Driver's is. Ed is great. And Tim's over exaggerated tables is one of my favorite <laughs> used gifts from the series. <laughs> but like, it's it's cute, not hot. And Calico Cut Pants is as hot as the red light emanating from that door that Tim slips these, into. It is so bold. These final two uh, matchups that we're going to talk about are going to be hard. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Drivers that has no business being in the final four. The, it, it the, snuck in through any a, one a of bad these three. Quarter. This is like a great final three. Like you loved yeah. the season. The season was was you know maybe some favorites. Carl Havoc first one out. What a shock. You know, there's a couple moments like that along the way. But any one of these three could win, and I'd be happy. Yeah, well, thankfully, drivers that uh, didn't know how to make fire, so we get the final <laughs> three right. we deserve. Yeah. Fire! Yeah. Calico cut pants. Um, I, I will say this is a product I think would be personally helpful. Um, wow. When I when I was a kid, I Blair, remember. Are, the, are you, are you how many times you taking four second information? Uh, yeah, too much. Six seconds. I, I, I take four seconds on a six second piss. Exactly. No, but like mm -hmm. when I was at camp growing up, I remember on the wall someone had written, "No matter how much you shake and dance, the last drop always ends up in your pants." And as a kid, I did not have that problem. But as you get older, your faucet gets a bit leakier. And like, yeah, you can shake and dance as much as you want. I could I could really use a couple of these pants. I'm just Are saying. you listening out there, uh, listeners of this podcast? <laughs> Chester is asking for calico cut pants. Uh, you so got to get Now, that's, that's the thing. Because it's also both a blessing Practice and a curse on. that you have these lovely usable garments. But now at the same time, you are essentially forced into this Faustian deal with the apparent devil to give <laughs> yeah. until the end of your days. Look at my face. <laughs> so oh, yeah. we should try get... and resolve right, yeah, let's, ghost let's resolve tour. ghost tour versus insider right. trading yeah yeah josh you, you sound the most torn so you lead off here oh well i just think that um these are both terrific uh and ghost tour has had quite a run uh i think i think insider trading was like a top seated uh sketch to get to these uh to get to the semifinals. i think that that totally tracks uh ghost tour could have Ghost Tour could have gone down. Uh, you know, Little Buff Boys wasn't so hard. 
But Ghost Tour kills Dan Flashes, and you're like, okay, well, I'm going to have to pay attention to how is Ghost Tour going to be doing on this bracket. It defeats Corncob TV. The Ghosts killed the Coffin Flop. Uh, another very big deal. I think that that was a bit of a run. To be fair, they uh, had no soul. That's true. That's true. But insider trading is the Crashmore killer. It is my beloved Professor Yurabay killer, and I'm not that mad about it. Uh, insider trading, I think, is maybe... It, of of the three that are remaining might be the one that I would cast my ultimate vote for. So I have mm. to see if insider trading can beat Calico cut pants. I'm going to vote for insider trading. Yeah. I Calico cut pants versus insider trading. They're my two favorite sketches of the entire season. And I'm just going to make it all the more hard on myself for the sake of good TV and pit them against each other here. Uh, that was, sorry. That was a vote for who? Insider uh, trading. Insider it's up to trading. nothing. So nothing. Okay. Um, so yeah. Um, so me. So me. This matchup: Ghost Tour versus Insider Trading. This is this is the matchup for me. To me, Calico Cut Pants um, is a great, great, great sketch. It's it's very high up there. I would say my one criticism of it is is like the thing that I usually say is a a good thing that I think you should leave does, which is that it gives like these secondary characteristics and like backstories and storylines to characters that like where other sketch shows like SNL, I always feel like it goes stale because it's just the same beat over and over again. They have that like gift receipt guy is also mud pie guy and here calico cut pants like should just be the bullying of this guy and then like the there's just like too much fat on it um and it makes it too much shit on it (laughs) yeah so it's just like it's a little bit too heavy compared to these other two that i think are just like perfect and tight and just like just like nail every beat of what they're trying to do here both just like in the way that season one was about fundamentally like this like fragility of our inability to let things go like gift receipt and pink bag and like just like we can't move on we can't just admit we were wrong um we can't take accountability for our actions and season two to me is like really this ghost tour and this insider trading this insecurity of like how are we fitting in are people like talking shit about us behind our backs like how social media interacts with our lives and this like destructive way um i think like both of those are just like really both capture the the ethos of what this show is trying to talk about in this season um and to me like insider trading is like the one that ultimately i think is my favorite of the season and like really just perfectly does what this season is trying to do um i would like the platonic ideal of and i think you should leave episode i think like insider trading like it's pretty lean it doesn't overstay its welcome it has like a a real momentum uh, of like the terror and the shame building and building and building uh i i do think like yeah uh it's 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 basically if you wanted to show somebody one episode one sketch of this show to convince them this would be a very compelling argument to be the one to show. Yeah, yeah. I think it. I think it would be insider trading from season two and the hot dog from season one are like mm-hmm. the two that just like th- yeah. this is the show in a nutshell and like the different places it can go and, and feelings this can, it can give you. Yes. I yeah, I, I would say, uh, Josh, it's almost akin to how we ended off our lost episode rankings of the idea that the constant might be a better episode of television, but through the looking glass might be the best representation of loss. I can yes, see that in the case with our final two sketches where Calico yeah. Cut Pants is a really great comedy sketch. And I think actually works really well, cinematographically speaking. And as you mentioned, this sort of like mini movie aspect to it. But I do think that insider trading for reasons that Av mentioned, as well as just the simplicity of building upon the visuals and just the absolutely ridiculous stuff that just keeps getting brought in like him getting his safari flaps caught in the back of a wheelchair to end the sketch to me i think perfectly nails so many elements of why this show is 
Yeah. An absolute beautiful source of chaos. Yeah. I say similarly, uh, Infinity War as the better movie versus Endgame as the better Avengers movie. But for me, like I, I, my, my finger on the scale is always for like the better of the thing that it is. I think uh, that that's a great point, And I totally agree. Cause I think like Calico cut pants is the one that would win the Oscar, but insider trading would like yeah. win Twitter. Uh, yeah, you know, exactly. Uh, I think insider would win that people's is... choice Oscar that they tried Correct. to use for like yeah, three months. Right. Yeah, that and the Dan flashes, I believe. Uh, yes. The Dan the flashes enters the speed port. Yeah. <laughs> the patterns are so complicated. Yeah. Chester. I'm surprised because to me, calico cut pants is the, I think you should leaviest sketch of the series <laughs> so much so that it's almost a flaw. But if I'm saying like the most of that thing, like to me, like it, it just goes, I mean, it literally ends in hell. And it starts with a guy who just has a couple drops of pee on his pants. It just, it, it it's so broad. Like the idea of like there being too yes. much fat sort of goes against, uh, goes against like the idea of the show, which is no, we're going to keep going. We're going to dig further and further and further and go past where you think we could possibly go. And that makes it even funnier. Yeah. Insider trading to me, like, and it, it, everything's relative, right? So, so it's, I gave it four pretties, which means it's above average. Uh, it's above average sketch of a show where I, which I absolutely love every single sketch. All that having been said, like to me, it was just like, it was sort of, eh, it was like, it was good, but it wasn't like, if you ask me like name the most iconic sketches from, I think you should leave. I don't think inside trading would ever enter my head as one to like mention. And so I'm sort of surprised it got this far again, four pretties, a, a hilarious, very, very good sketch, but I'm so, is it that different from like so many other sketches? I'm not sure. So I'm I'm shocked to see it think, make it all I the think, way this far. I think that that's part of the point for me is there are ways in which like yeah this this type of a sketch is you know uh, a little bit more factory made than Calco cut pants. Ironically enough, uh, Calco mm-hmm. cut pants is unique in I think you should leave. Uh, and I think that yes, you're iconic. not wrong if you're saying that like that is like the funnier episode. Uh, that's the more special episode. I definitely agree. You could not start someone at Calico Cut Pants. Mm-hmm. Correct. You could yes. not start someone at Calico Cut Pants. <laughs> I, I think that's and where I think they insider have to trading. Like, you could absolutely start someone there, and of this type, it's one of the very best of its type, if not, uh, you know, really right at the top. Okay, but it sounds like all three of you are voting for insider trading, so that's our winner. Yeah. Season two. I, and I think for me, it's also the the really fantastic representation of the Tim Robinson diagram, where as I mentioned before. He is both the stray man here in being susceptible to all the bad talk about him and responding to it very innocently. And then also the crazy man of the fedora wearing dice pocketing Brian, who's just walking through this office on days upon days and pretending to, or maybe not pretending, crying at the office upon uh, being told by the boss to take his hat off because it's too distracting. Yeah, and also with the whole like calico called pants thing, I think it's fine for like society to just admit like sometimes you try to shake off and it doesn't all come out and you get, you know, a little pee on your pants and it's not a big deal and it happens to everyone and it's not a big deal. And you don't have to make a whole website where you sell fake pants because whatever, it's not a big deal. It happens to everyone, not just me. All, all right. right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, guys. This was very yes. exciting. Yeah. Glad we, uh, we, found, we found a winner. When we were all done. Well, what um, happens now? Does it go up again? Yeah, that's the, a good question. We have insider all right, trading. So we have the and gift, have gift for season eight. one. We have insider trading from season two. And I guess we have to wait to see what will join it um, in a week and a half. When, sure. Uh, the, yeah, we oh, got to figure out what we're doing we for to, season three. And then you have to wait two years until season four comes out. And then you can have a true, <laughs> true. final four. Yeah. True yeah. final four. Yeah. True. Interesting. Yeah. True. We'll have to figure something out. But um, yeah, we'll uh, we'll be back in a little bit um, once season three comes out. It's coming out around May 30th, I believe. So. Mm-hmm. Sometime after May 30th, we'll do an episode on season three. Alex, do you think we'll do a bracket again, or maybe it'll be more of just like a general talk? 
talk since it's like newer it's harder to let's, do a bracket i don't maybe. know yeah well, well let's watch it i guess uh, let's see how a couple we like times, it yeah talk to our prospective guests and then yeah. we'll uh, go from there yeah sure and uh you two gentlemen are obviously welcome to uh rejoin us for future i think you should leave discussions both uh, bring old Emily and, and angela next time absolutely I know. let's do it let's make it as many people as let's let's get a whole <laughs> panel let's do it i'm sure they <laughs> know it. their way want to go nuts uh, let's go nuts mm-hmm so they know the round of their way around uh, that particular customer at Claire's and what he was interested in talking about. Yeah. So, um, Josh and Mike, it was so great having you here. Um, Thanks for having us. What yeah. is, what is, where are you guys up to now with down the hatch? You're, you're, you're doing Mrs. Davis. Oh, well, is there I mean, something? Mike, do you want to do the honors? Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, you talk about a consistently evolving process. Like we cannot shame you for <laughs> constantly changing coverage of shows because Josh and I have changed identities so many times over the course of the near four years that we have done down the hatch. Of course, we went through the entirety of Lost. Then we ranked the Lost episodes. Then we went briefly into Heroes, talking about Heroes season one, a show that was undone partially by a writer strike as we are now looking upon perhaps some other shows that may be undergoing the same. Then we took a brief sojourn into Mrs. Davis, which... If you love the wackadoo shit that happens, and I think you should leave, I'd say it's like fairly neighboring in Mrs. Davis. Some it's like really... sort of like the the dramatic version of that, I guess. But also, it's incredibly funny. Mrs. Davis, the first thing I used to describe it is wacky, and it's yeah. really odd because it's Damon Lindelof alongside Tara Hernandez as showrunners, and like Damon Lindelof can do comedy really well. This is a very distinctly different type of comedy, and Josh and I adored getting to cover it with Joe Garfine. It's also a simultaneous mystery box show as well as like a dissertation on religion and technology that is coming to its conclusion at the time this is coming out uh, i'm assuming actually it'll it's already probably be, out yeah it'll already be done considering that we're recording the day before the finale releases so we have that going on and then in a few weeks time josh and i are gearing up to go back to the past once again as perhaps we should be consulting with an insulting alien in the wall because we are covering the beloved early 2000 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica yeah. in, in a bit of unfounded territory. Mike uh, has but, never seen it before. Everybody be yeah. cool. No spoilers. Okay. Yeah, uh, this is the first time that we are covering a show where one of us has not seen it and the other one has copious amounts of experience with it. So it'll be very fun. That seems to be a twisty show in and of itself. So it'll be an interesting guy. This will be one of our first podcast series where we have to be spoiler free because one of us just is by choice. Yeah, there'll yeah. probably be some spoiler filled bonuses along the way. But by and large, we're just going to be taking it as it comes. I think for a lot of people, even ones who have watched it before, it's probably been a minute. So uh, for some people, it's going to be like watching it for the first time. So that's going to be really fun. Yeah. So I tried watching Battlestar Galactica a whole back when uh, it didn't really take for me. I didn't really understand what's going on, but I would gladly give it a shot again uh, with the knowledge that you guys are going to be uh, doing the deep dive on it. I'm, uh, I'm, yeah. I'm wrapping up my like pre podcast rewatch right now. I'm uh, I think I've got eight episodes left before I'm done. And in some ways, it's such a great, terrific show. Uh, in many ways, it's a hard show sometimes. Sometimes it's really boring, and then other times it's very upsetting. Um, so it's going to be a lot. Mike and I are not terribly serious people, uh, so I think we will uh, probably be keeping it pretty light. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm certainly more than happy to watch an episode of Battlestar Galactica a week for the, you know, just to, just to yeah, come along for the fun. ride. And, and um, also, at the same time, this is also on Peacock, so if you're watching Mrs. Davis alongside us and you were watching 
watching Heroes alongside us. Just uh, keep that Peacock subscription going. That's it's it. all housed that's, on there. There you go. That's how that's how it works. I mean, listen, all these things uh, you want them to continue. Um, I will say uh, not not to not to suck kneecaps too much. Down the hatch, one of my favorite podcasts that's I've awesome. ever listened to. Thanks, I'm the man. It's it's, it's uh, in terms of like pop culture that type of thing. That and binge mode Game of Thrones are like. You know, the two, my my two favorite things. Um, um, I was gonna say drinks on us, but I am not paying. I uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, All I'm good. not gonna pay it. Well, drinks uh, drinks where we share, or we will play credit card roulette. Works just as well. Um, uh, as we said before, I am proudly a patron of both post show recaps and thirty two fans. I feel like I get more than my money's worth. Um, you can give. You don't have to give. If you can't afford to give, I'm sure there's other ways in which you can give. Um, you could also not give, and that's perfectly fine. But then they might go dark. It could go dark, <laughs> and that would be dark. Yeah, that would be unfortunate. Uh, we are doing a dark rewatch as well on post show recaps. It's getting close to the end. Oh, if you that prefer show, to go dark, dark in that, that way. show, I tried watching and I completely had no ability to. Watch. <laughs> if you want Fair. something completely different from, I think you should leave. Similarly housed yeah. on Netflix, maybe check out Dark. I was uh, going crazy yeah. trying to understand what was happening in that. It's show. a lot. Dark's yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, that I'm not as willing to try again, but maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll consider it. All right, well, that's uh, that's all great, Alex. Um, anything else before we uh, let everyone go? No, this just excited. Uh, next time, well, we we may come back for a, a postman episode by itself. I think, right? Uh, yeah, maybe we'll come back and. But do otherwise, maybe, maybe an next time we come back, it'll be with with new. Yes. I think you should leave. Yeah, and the then content. from there, who knows? Still to be determined. Yep. Um, it's open ended, right? I guess we'll find out. All right. Okay, Mike, Josh, thank you so much. Thanks, guys. This was great. Bye. It's a dangerous night. The No slap his face, guys, please. Come I mean on. it. Come on, what do you think we're going to do? What do you think we're going to do? Oh, slap his face? No, 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 no. We're good guys. Let's slap him back. Grab a hit and roll. Shoot on the fender. Make up on my throat. Your face in the mirror. It's a dangerous night. Dangerous